There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Before we get to the show today, we do just want to acknowledge what is happening over in America right now and say uh, that we stand with the black community and the protesters against racism and police brutality. Uh, this is an international issue, so we'd also like to acknowledge that these problems exist in New Zealand as well, and we want to do what we can to help and hear the voices of those most affected. While our platform is small, uh, we didn't feel right pretending that everything is okay while we talk about our stupid movies and laugh like a couple of chumps. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be donating our previous month's income from our Patreon, which is about $300 uh, New Zealand to the Act Blue bailout, which will split the money across 70 plus community bailout funds, mutual aid funds, and racial justice organizers in the USA. Uh, we'll leave a link to this fund in the show notes below, and we encourage you to also give what you can. Richard, what do you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think? Is the um, the point of, of of your average Friday the Thirteenth movie plot? Uh, the tip of Jason's machete. <laughs> Very good, because watching them in in a time where most horror movies, like the modern horror movie answer to Friday the Thirteenth, is something that's filled with some kind of social commentary, and the the main villain is like a metaphor for the the struggle that the teen heroes has been trying to overcome. Mm. You know, maybe it's the death of a family member or grief or something metaphysical, right? Um, but you don't really see any of that in the Friday the 13th plots. And so I was thinking about this. And do you think that the, the point is you're supposed to watch these stupid little teen soap opera dramas and then Jason just murders them all? Because that's very funny. And if that's, (laughs) if that's the point then I can get behind that. Yeah. I mean, it feels like you're, um, you've, you've snowballed, you've, You've gone straight past most of the the chat of this podcast and mm. you've skipped right to the end um, where we would discuss <laughs> the general themes. Um, mm. But what is this podcast? Well, this podcast is uh, the Cold Popshire podcast and specifically this is Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cold Popshire podcast where usually what we do is we... Um, we watch an entire franchise film franchise for the first time Mm. and then we come here and we discuss all the entries in that franchise however we've watched this one before yeah we have um so if it's your first time joining us uh yeah that's the the sort of idea of this podcast but hey thanks for finally joining us it only took four years five seasons um so this is fifth season this is the fourth year of um, Film Franchise Fortnites. Uh, it's mm. been four years as of now. Are you sure it's five seasons? 
we're in season five right now by the end so by the end because of the way a year and a season works by the end of the fourth year we'll have done five because our first one was was shorter i don't know if that's right season one was 2016 season two was 2017 season three was 2018 season four was 2019 so we're in season five now in 2020 is that okay yeah i guess anyway i'm distracted i am um (laughs) so uh yeah to celebrate the fourth anniversary of film franchise fortnights um we have decided to cover another franchise uh which we've already covered before uh, which was chosen by our Patreon, and you can head over there to www.patreon.com forward slash copopshire. For $1, you get to vote on, suggested vote on every second franchise we cover on this here podcast. But, so, the, here's, the, here's the story. Mm. Uh, early on in the years of film franchise Fortnites, um, we we didn't like the idea, we, you know, we didn't believe in the idea of splitting up a franchise across multiple episodes. Um, and so, Freddy vs. Jason because it counted as one franchise because they crossed over we had to cover that in one week and so although it was at the time our longest episode clocking in at like one hour and one minute or something like that (laughs) um and that's covering all 20 films in the franchise Mm. we uh decided to do it properly the way we would kind of do it if we rolled that franchise now um which is to cover friday the 13th then cover a nightmare on elm street uh, and then what we're going to do, uh, you heard it here first, is so today we're going to be talking about Friday the 13th. Next week, not next fortnight, next week we are going to be talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street. And then the following week after that we will be talking about um, Freddy vs. Jason, the crossover, mm-hmm. as well as the two reboots because Platinum Dunes um, did reboots of both of these franchises in 2009 and 2010. Um, yeah. So, today we are here to talk about the Friday the 13th series, uh, running from Friday the 13th all the way back in 1980, right through to Jason X, uh, which is was released in 2002. Um, and so, yeah, should we just crack on right into it? AJ's already teased some of the themes. <laughs> it's just, it's good to be back as well, I think, I, I would like to say. Like, we've, we sort of, when we started this podcast, it was more about, um, the joy of having comprehensive knowledges of mm. franchises. And I think horror movies or horror franchises are the most rewarding when you are look at, when you're tackling franchises from that angle. Mm. Um, and so we've done a bunch of ones after Freddie and Jason respectively. Uh, and, and sort what of are, what are some of those game. ones we've done? Oh, we've done Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We've done Halloween. We've done Hellraiser. We've done Scream. Um, we've yet to do child's play. I feel like that's the big one left on the, on the table. Um, there's probably a few more, but it's, it's, it's a fun, it's, it's a fun sort of place to be, to be analyzing these things that plenty of other people have analyzed, but fans of those franchises never turn their nose up at new discoveries and and new people talking about it there mm. i feel like horror movie franchises are the most supportive uh, new <laughs> yeah. listeners we've gained um yeah so. and i do just want to point out I, I i don't know about you but i didn't re-listen to our original episode 
uh, in preparation mm. for this. So there will probably be some information retread. Uh, this this I'm kind of treating more as like an overwriting of the original yeah. episode, um, and not like a sequel that fills in the holes. Um, yeah, I'm not expecting you to go back to listen and to go back and listen to that episode to understand this one this is a new fresh yeah. so there will be things that are reiterated i did i started listening to it and fell asleep um but if you know last year we did because so this is film franchise fortnite's redux and last year we did a spider-man redux uh and the the big difference there was that you covered our original spider-man episode and i covered our redux whereas you've covered both freddy and Jason franchises yourself, and I've sat along for the ride. So you've done it again. So what will the difference be? I would be interested. It's if someone wants to go back and listen to the old episode yeah, um, and let us know where our opinions differ and things and we learned. Maybe and this would have changed. been a fun thing because I've I've done all the um, horror franchises. So mm. maybe it would have been interesting for you to do this one. However. Too bad. Too bad. <laughs> Too late. Okay, so uh, we're going to go through this film by film, whereas uh, first time we did it, we just went, here's the list of the films. Anyway, let's talk about it. Um, uh, <laughs> we were naive. So, we were young and stupid. We're uh, smart and, uh, and cool now. Okay, so uh, Friday the 13th, 1980, directed by Sean S. Cunningham. What's that about, mm. AJ? Um, so, uh, well, Richard, everybody knows that Friday the 13th is about a serial killer named Jason Voorhees uh, in a <laughs> hockey mask who goes around a camp on. killing teenagers. What? What? what, what, what? What's, <laughs> what's all this? Uh, so, yeah, famously, um, the first Friday the 13th doesn't actually feature Jason as the serial killer. How um, old were you when you found out Jason wasn't in the first Friday the 13th? 13 really i, I was, t- I, was I was today years old <laughs> god what an awful fucking expression i i hate that so how much. do you feel about um 100 o'clock what was that 100 o'clock i've never heard that i've 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 kind of i'm trying to make it happen you hear it here first if someone asks what's the time and the implication being they think it's too late look at your watch or, or your clock and be like oh my god dude it's a hundred o'clock <laughs> nice um my favorite um someone asking the time gag is um if you ask someone the time and they go eight you go a clock <laughs> <laughs> Because what else would it be? Yeah, exactly. Like, as if that's the part that needed clarification. Because they go, they inadvertently go, yeah. And they and, it, and they either take a while to, you know, absorb what you're doing, uh, mm. or they just don't find it funny. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, Fre- uh, Jason, Freddie's certainly not in it, but Jason is not in it. Um, it's about a bunch of campers who are, who are they're actually camp counsellors who are prepping Camp Crystal Lake for a summer camp that's happening in yep, a couple of weeks, right. right? So they're not actually campers themselves. They're camp counsellors. And over the course of, like, what, one night, um, they're all slowly picked off. Um, one and, by one. And one by one. Um, a couple of times it's, it's after doing the deed, doing dirty deeds. Um, Done being- dirt cheap. It was a very low budget film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and in the end, it's revealed that it's actually a woman named Pamela Voorhees who is going around the, the camp killing the counselors because her son, Jason, um, what, like 30 years earlier? How early, much earlier was it? Like, oh, it's like 10 years. 10, was it? I thought it was. 
Isn't the first one, isn't it like 1950-something that he died? Probably, dude. Mm. Anyway, he died that. and he drowned in a lake while the counsellors were too busy um, having sex and Doing smoking it. drugs. And so she's going around killing all the counsellors as sort of like a, oh, yeah, a it is spiritual... Oh, there you go. Um, as like a spiritual um, recompense, and you know someone's got to pay for for my Jason dying, uh, and so she kills off almost everyone until there's one one uh, girl left, and then in a in an all out battle, she decapitates Pamela Voorhees, and jumps on a boat to float away into Camp Camp. I keep there it is. I'm going to say Camp Green Lake, which is from the novel Holes, so many times in this podcast. <laughs> Camp Crystal Lake. She's in the middle of Camp Crystal Lake, and the next morning the police turn up to sort of, you know, assess the situation, uh, and she's in the canoe, and then a corpse-like Jason Voorhees jumps out of the boat and grabs her, and then she wakes up in hospital, um, which I forgot. I just thought it ended with Jason jumping out of the lake. All right. Um, I, I thought that's like famously how the sh- how the movie ended, um, <laughs> but it's not. She wakes up in the hospital and she's like, "Oh, what happened to that boy?" And they're like, "We don't know what you're talking about." And she's like, "That means he's still out there." So technically, Jason is in the first one, but he's yeah. not the killer. Yeah, yeah. but I-, I did specifically say he's not the killer um, ah, because I knew that you were going to be a fucking little snot-nosed little smart-ass. Yeah, did it on purpose. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the development of this film because it's kind of interesting. Um, so Halloween came out, which we've covered here on Phil Vangelis Fortnite. Let's go check that out. Um, Halloween came out in 1978 and that was a huge success. And so Sean S. Cunningham uh very transparently said that you know cl- tried to cash in on that success and so mm. he he came up with a vague idea of the film um and he was like fuck it uh took out a full page ad in variety magazine that said friday the 13th the most terrifying movie ever made um and there wasn't a script at this point <laughs> um, and that's why the series is called friday the 13th yeah, it, it, it's very similar to Cult Popshire, where it was like, <laughs> came up with this cool name, and there was like, I can't let this die. I have to create something yeah, to yeah. fill this name. That's that's somewhat true. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was the first indie film ever to secure distribution by a major studio in the US. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What a cool so, little story. What did you think of this film? What did I think of it? Um, I. I here's one thing I do remember from our original covering of this film back in 2016. I remember not liking this film at all. I remember watching the first one um and being like, "Oh god. That's it. <laughs> this is this is what we have to to suffer through yeah. to um to get you know to to get to the end of Freddy vs Jason." Um and I remember we we it was for a long time Friday the Thirteenth as a franchise was kind of our go to example of like how often is the sixth film in a franchise the best <laughs> one and we'd be like Friday the Thirteenth six is the best one, um and not to spoil my opinions for later on but like I've got a much more traditional ranking for these films this yeah. time round. Have you done an um, official ranking by the way? I have. It's on my letterbox which you can find a link to cool. as well as all of ours in the show notes. Um, I. The first one is not my favorite one, but it's in the it's one of my favorite ones. I don't know what is the what changed. Maybe I got maybe I understand the language of horror movies now. Um, maybe I yeah. kind of dig the authenticity of it not being like a hashed hashed out sequel 
um because i think that's why i liked the later sequels the first time we watched it is because they were intrinsically more fun because they were trying to reinvent the formula a bit but watching something that doesn't know what it is is kind of way better now (laughs) yeah yeah like a film that doesn't realize it's well because if it realized what it was doing it would have jason with the hockey mask from the first film yeah but it doesn't it's it's a genuine movie in a way it's not (laughs) not motivated yeah yeah it's not motivated by iconography or anything it's just um yeah i can make a slasher film um let's see what we can do and there's there's just a there's a heart to it that i would say is probably in the first few films that you don't see as we dredge towards the the upper single digits (laughs) yeah 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 so yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot more than than I did last time. Oh uh, yes, uh, same here. I um I think I ended up giving this film something like four stars. But yes, the very same um experience that you had. I um yeah, like I just I just had a good time, and I think knowing where the franchise goes, you can appreciate um and and also just things. like knowing where movies went. You know, like mm. where horror movies for in the decades since um went just knowing that it's like this is this came up with all of these things yeah 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 it did and like there's just there's a satisfaction to being like yep this is a killed off one by one slasher movie yeah i can i can get behind that um so yeah yeah so i liked a lot more this time that's good um now we talk a lot here about um being woke oh god (laughs) all right um so when this film came out it was like destroyed in the in the tabloids for being Mm. um horrifically misogynist um really yeah and uh like gene siskel of um siskel and ebert um you know two of the Mm -hmm. most famous movie reviewers of all time uh hated this movie so much that he spoiled the ending in his review because he's like don't go see it this is the worst fucking movie i've ever seen um that's so undignified. Yeah, I know, right? That's crazy. Um, but so more recently, the kind of misogyny of the film has actually been thrown into question because, um, like the 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 final girl isn't the she doesn't have sex during the events of the film, but she's not a pure virgin who's who doesn't no. drink or do drugs. Like she smokes pot and she's had previous relationships and and yeah, everything yeah. and there's not really any kind of um like i don't feel like the women are punished in the film any more than the men um mm. and the the villain is a woman as well the villain the villain's a woman revolutionary yeah you're right um because what is the main what is the final girl's name alice alice she like the i was thinking about this and you see her earlier in the film sort of reject the advances of like her boss in a very tasteful way and so it's interesting that this would be called misogynist and i wonder if if you could find the reasons is it just the general it's just general horror is always misogynist like that's kind of like it's just when when you read um arguments saying that you can't you kind of just go like yeah that's just horror movies like because right. all these women are being killed for having sex. It's like you but sell the men, like yeah, yeah. I think I think though that Alice is quite a a strong character, and mm. it's it's sort of shown earlier on in the film. What I do like about early slasher films, um, or maybe it is only Friday the Thirteenth. The first two or three Friday the Thirteenths 
you don't know who the final girl is. They don't they don't kind of lampshade it in the same way. Like, there's not a clear main character until there's only one character left. There's no Laurie Strode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, that was very cool. I didn't actually remember who was left watching it again. I couldn't remember <laughs> who, who survived all the way through. I, initially, I thought it was the first girl you see because that's, you know, filmmaking language tells you the first person you see in the story is probably going to be the, the main girl. And then she's, I think, the first to get killed. So it's not, it's yeah. not her at all. Um, and do you remember what this has on Rotten Tomatoes? I remember it being low. It's like 30-something. Interesting. Yeah? Uh, it's 63. That's higher than I thought it would it's be. It's the only, um, spoilers for the rest of the thing, it's the only fresh one. Um, oh, that's so bullshit. fresh on Rotten Tomatoes being above 60, uh, which is its audience score, 60. Mm. So for each of these films... I've got a couple of fun little things at the end. I've got the body count of the film. Do you want to take a guess as to what that is? Okay. Um, nine. You're very close. Eleven. Ah. So, and I've also got a piece of dumb IMDb trivia for each of these. What, so one of those bodies is Kevin Bacon. I feel like we need to obligatorily... <laughs> Our film for HS Fortnite's obligatory Kevin Bacon mention that we have in every episode. <laughs> um, well, just because he wasn't famous by the t- when this movie came out, so it's like an early, an early Kevin Bacon appearance. Yeah, there is. Um, it's it's not a dumb IMDb trivia I wrote down, uh, but there was something that's like it contradicts itself midway through the thing. It's like let me see if I can find it. It's like Kevin Bacon's not in this film. Oh wait, yes he is. It actually is kind of written like that from memory. Uh, how it's like, this happened, but actually. <laughs> yeah, so it says, launched the acting careers of both Adrian King, who played Alice, and Kevin Bacon. Actually, this was not Bacon's first movie. <laughs> well, that's it's, not it's, launching it's like the two people means. were writing this. <laughs> uh, and that's not even the Diamond DB trivia. Um Oh, Here's well, tell me. Down. So, Diamond DB Trivia is a segment we sometimes do uh, because IMDb Trivia is just user generated. Anyone can write something on there. Um, so, it says um, ends in a cat fight, one of the biggest cat fights in horror uh, after the end of Aliens and the end of Carrie, which both also end in cat fights. Now, just using the term cat fight to describe a woman, a fight between two women. Um, it's kind of funny, and the fact that it uses it like three times in, in one sentence. Um, but it's also <laughs> like, like that's what it's a, called. <laughs> there's a ranked list somewhere, and it's it's one of the biggest below these two. <laughs> like it's not along with; it's after. <laughs> um, also, like, like there's some kind of volume of catfight that that yeah. each um, each uh, each strike gives it another number. Yeah, to yeah, because it it's one of one. the biggest. Um, uh, so also um should mention as well uh just interesting to look see where the franchise goes that um during this film one of the producers steve minor um initially thought that it was he he thought was an idiotic idiotic idea to bring back jason in sequels saying he wasn't your villain he's just a figment of someone's imagination and that no sequel should bring back jason uh jason because it would be stupid so this producer steve minor said that Mm. Um, so now well, we're I, along to yeah. Friday the 13th Part 2, directed by Steve Miner. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this came out the following year, um, yeah, yeah. and this brings back Jason. So uh, he's now a fully grown man, and he wears a sack over his head with one hole for an eye. 
Um, but Richard, whatever happened to the hockey mask? I thought this AJ, was a franchise we're about fucking it. getting to it. <laughs> um, I I kind of see where Steve Miner of nineteen eighty is coming from, yeah. and, <laughs> because, and I want to. I I am sure there's an answer for this somewhere. Maybe I just I just interpreted it wrong. But when when Jason grabs Alice at the end of Friday the Thirteenth Part One. It looks like a little kid. Yeah. Um, and as a little kid, he drowned in 1958. It's presumably 1980. Friday the 13th says it's present day. It doesn't specify the date exactly. I think it's, um, you later find out that it's 1979. Right, okay. Like on a well, tombstone. Right. So you you see, first of all, the fact that he's stayed as a child for 30 years would 30 years 20 years uh 21 years 21 years would suggest that he is um it is a figment of her imagination he's frozen in some sort of stasis which means yeah he's 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 forever cursed to walk these lands as a as a the child of the you know because he died as a child um but then in the sequels, he's a fully grown man, and it's not really till later on that they bring in any kind of supernatural element, mm. and they don't really say it, but it kind of feels like what they want you to believe is that he was a, a feral child who just lived in Camp Crystal Lake and <laughs> yeah. grew up harshed by the, the elements and then killed, started killing when other people showed up. But if that's the case, then why is he a fucking kid in the lake? What? Yeah. What is going on? Is it just that that is a figment of her imagination and the real Jason was a fully grown wild man? That there's there's such a lack of clarity on that point and it's it's amazing to me that no one ever really like tried to to explain what was going on yeah. or or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a few different um sort of fan theories throwing around. Um mm-hmm. like yeah, either that he just like aged up and although actually they in Number nine, they try to address it, and we'll get to that. Uh, nice. um, I think I remember that actually. So uh, now that you say it, yeah. Well, yeah. There you go. So, uh, what is this one about? The the, the um. Thing? Okay, so this one is uh, it's five years later. Yeah. so we're immediately messing with the timeline. Um, it's ostensibly the same set up as the first film but now we're not at crystal lake we're across we're on the other side of crystal lake camp Mm. i think yeah Um, although it is with um what's uh what happened to our final girl from the last film oh she she gets she gets killed at the start of this one yeah yeah um after five years of of was is it the fight no so it's um two months after the original murders right she gets killed then it cuts to five years later right and she is killed when um she finds a head in yeah, her Pamela's head. fridge. Is it Pamela's head? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So she finds Pamela's head in her fridge and then um, Jason is behind her and kills her in her in her hometown um, and then presumably makes his way back to <laughs> the yeah. Camp Crystal Lake area. Uh, he's got five years um, to do it. It'll be fine. That's true. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's again, it's some counsellors setting up a camp um, and they know of the legend of, of Jason 
and yeah. Pamela Voorhees from five years earlier. Um, and some of them are kind of like, oh, let's go check it out. Let's go <laughs> cross the lake. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, it's just sort of everyone getting killed in different ways. Yeah. There's a, one of them is in a wheelchair. Yeah, one of the characters is in a wheelchair, um, which I really like about this film is that there's a character in a wheelchair who – isn't treated any differently from the rest of the cast to the point where he nearly gets laid because he's just a hot guy to you know, <laughs> the, the, the one of the girls like who has a crush on him doesn't treat him like he's any different. She just genuinely is horny for him. Um, and then just like all the rest, he also gets killed by Jason with seemingly no, um, you know, there's no sympathy taken on him. So it's it's in a weird fucking way, it's pretty progressive. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's it's kind of cool that it feels very intentional to put a a person, a differently abled person in the film, but then almost have it be irrelevant to who they are as a person to the point where they're not even exempt from getting a machete to the face. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. And then yeah. Uh, what ends up happening to Jason at the end? Um, so the, there's a couple of survivors left over. Um, there's actually three survivors left over. Do you know about this? Did you come across this? Uh, was this? You, yeah. Well, okay. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say the end of the film, the end of the film first, and then we can go back to the mystery third survivor. Yeah. Um, so the, the final girl whose name is Ginny, Ginny and, um, her like boyfriend, who's like their boss, um, are the, the ones left over at, at the camp and they're getting attacked by Jason. And so she runs into like Jason's little shack where, where she's been living in out in the woods and he finds Pamela's head and she knows the, the, the legend of what happens to Pamela yeah. and what happened to Jason. And so she immediately starts talking to Jason as if she were his mother and says, mommy is very pleased of you, but it's time to sit down. It's time. And, and so she gets him to like sort of kneel in front of her. And just as she's about to, um, to cut his head off, he sees the head behind her and realizes that she's not in fact his mum. And he freaks out just in time for the other guy to show up her, her the, um, Ginny's boyfriend. And they sort of both attack Jason to the point where you think he's dead. And then the last moments of the film is them in their cabin and the glass on the window pane shatters and a now hoodless Jason Voorhees and all his ugly glory <laughs> is slow-mo jumping through the window towards Ginny. Yeah. Um, and she, he, I think in the sequels we find out the boyfriend dies, but she just gets taken away to a, she, she's like permanently, um, you know, she goes crazy. Yeah. It's, it's implied um, that Paul dies off screen, but his fate is yeah. technically left. Um, um, yeah. But, there is a ca- another character who survives. Who did? So, and Patrick H. Willems, I think, posted about this on Twitter recently, and he was <laughs> like, "This is driving me crazy. Why is no one else talking about this?" Yeah. Um, and so, there's a guy who, the first time you see him, he's wearing like a Halloween mask, and he gives one of the characters a fright. Then, when they're all sitting around the campfire telling the story of Jason, he jumps in and is like "Ooga booga booga" and gives everyone <laughs> a fright. He's a little shit, and he feels like like tailor made to be like the the annoying character who gets killed, um, yeah. and you know, in a brutal way. It serves him right because he was such a little douchebag. But um, towards the end of the film, a bunch of the characters go to a bar in town, and they they go back to camp, the, the the camp, um, and that's when they all get killed. But he goes, no, I'm going to stay here a bit longer, have a few more drinks, and we never see him again. Yeah. 
So and, and it's it's so weird because it's not like it's a mistake because someone wrote it, someone played the character, and presumably was like, I don't really, I'm not really in the end of this film, am I? What happens? So it's just, it's just this guy just doesn't go back to the lake and he survives, even though horror movie dictates horror movie rules dictate. He deserves to die along with the rest of them. <laughs> um, and we, we never hear from him again. He's not in any of the sequels. Um, it's very strange. It's a very strange little um, oddity, um, in, in a, which are very fun to pick out in these really long-running franchises. Yeah, It's yeah. like when, when we worked out in Final Destination um, how you actually cheat death. like Because judging by what happens to all the characters post their movie we worked out what's the only way to cheat death. It's like, it's like one of those things. It's like this off screen kind of implication that like this dude survives because he didn't return to the camp. And that's, that's what you have to do to survive Jason's wrath. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm just going to check the um, Friday the 13th wiki Mm -hmm. and just double check that this character. Oh, that's a different Ted. There's two characters named Ted. In this franchise. Oh my god. <laughs> cut, cut, cut the whole thing. This is... Oh god, fucking... God damn it. Alright, yeah, so according to Friday the 13th Wiki, um, as our experiences with wikis on this podcast have <laughs> been, you know, somewhat mixed, uh, yeah, it's just, he just leaves the entire ordeal unscathed. I like that. I, I like... Like, to me, I, like I don't... Like, too. that's not like an annoying loose thread. It's no. like, yeah, great. That's like... This it's one so interesting dude, yeah. yeah i agree it's but it's just interesting that he survives um and i'd also like to now say as well that friday the 13th part 2 is my favorite film in the franchise interesting i think this is my favorite one i think it's cool because i think jason looks cool i think sackhead jason looks cooler than hockey mask jason what the um, fuck <laughs> Do you disagree? A hundred percent. Oh my god! I, I don't know. Again, again, there's just something charming about the fact they didn't know what they were doing. It, it oh comes my across god! I could not disagree more. Really? This is the biggest disagreement we've had on the franchise. I Jason on the franchise. Sackhead Jason looks so stupid. What is this attitude, Richard? Stop being mean to Sackhead Jason. It's my favorite skin. <laughs> oh god, the worst. <laughs> Um, I bet you like Uber Jason. I bet he's your favorite. I love Uber Jason. <laughs> uh, all right. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Do you remember? No. Um, 42. 28. What? Uh, 28. That's insane. Yeah. Um, the uh, So, production of this film. Um, the... The idea was thrown around um, of having uh, an, an anthology film, like Halloween was once, th- once thought of mm. being. And so just having like an event film every year that was a different horror film and it was called Friday the 13th and it would be released on a Friday the 13th that year. Um, there was also um, Alice, uh, who we've talked about, the the final girl from the first one. She was supposed to be similar to Laurie Strode, like the recurring heroine of the of the franchise um mm. but she was stalked by a fan after the release of the first film um who like broke into her house and so she wandered out and she didn't appear in any films for like 15 years and then she started doing voiceover work and she only just started um appearing on screen in films in the last like 10 years oh that's really sad mm. i hope she's okay now 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Betsy Palmer, who played Pamela Voorhees, Tom Savini, who did all the special effects, and he's like one of the most well-known special effects guys of all time, and Sean Cunningham, who was obviously the guy behind the first film. Um, they've all made public remarks about how stupid it is that Jason was seemingly alive the whole time, and if he was, why didn't he just tell Pam that he was still alive, which would have avoided <laughs> all the murders in part one. <laughs> um, one thing we should have mentioned in part one as well, actually, which is a, a, a motif introduced in the first film, which is used in all of them, is the... Mm, so like, th- that's sort kind of, of theme used. music yeah so uh and there was actually there's a conscious decision in friday the 13th to um do the opposite of what halloween did so halloween is like wall-to-wall music and it's got a super iconic score and so there's almost no score in the first friday the 13th other than when the killer is there and so the the climax of the film when it's like the killer's unmasked so to speak um there's a big the cat fight um they it's funny how cat fight is two girls and a dog fight is two planes um (laughs) um they (laughs) um there's there's a lot of this music but yeah they're and uh that as we mentioned four years ago uh is supposed to be like kill like kill mum or mama mummy Mum, kill, kill, mom. kill, mum, mum, mum. And so that's yeah. supposed to be the voice of Jason um, inside Pamela Voorhees' head, telling yeah. her to kill. Although, if Jason is just alive and Pamela doesn't know it, then it's actually not the <laughs> the voice of Jason. It's just some weird hallucination she's having. Um, well, it was always a weird hallucination. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're supposed to think like I didn't mean that Jason is actually there going <laughs> like it was no, always true. his voice ringing in her head. That's a very good counterpoint. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when someone was like are these real clowns? When clowns people were dressed up as clowns were <laughs> yeah. like walking up to doorbell cameras and stuff. Someone was like are they real clowns or people just pretending? Oh they do. Just so people dressed like clowns. Yeah, it's like what the fuck's a real clown? <laughs> <laughs> uh and so interestingly this is so like we sort of said with the first thing, uh, how you know, oh, Friday the 13th is the franchise where uh, you got Jason and he go and he wears his hockey mask and he goes around killing people at Camp Crystal Lake. This is actually one of only two movies, uh, where Jason kills people at Camp Crystal Lake, not including the reboot. Um, mm. because the first one, it's not him, and then most of the other films actually don't take place at Camp Crystal Lake. Um, yeah. and uh yeah so the sixth one is the other uh film so even even the one where he wears the hockey mask for the first time and kills teenagers is not set at camp crystal Lake. yeah it's a it's a it's like a house ne- nearby yeah yeah that's crazy yeah uh all right and what do you think the body count of this film is um okay so if the first one was 11 let's let's say 22 is the body count okay wow it's 10 um <laughs> <laughs> the fucking rules of horror movies are doing me dirty here. He's supposed um, to go bigger and bloodier with the with yeah, the horror so that's movie scene. Including the implied killing of Paul off screen. Including that. Yeah. So it's nine then. <laughs> because yeah. you don't see it. Or maybe yeah. it's not including that. I just wrote down ten, one implied. I don't know if I meant including or excluding. 
Well, I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? Because then that other guy just gets away scot-free. So that is like a, a just as much of a ambigu- ambiguity in the body count, I guess. <laughs> like, Or like if you were trying to do, the, if you saw the cast and were trying to do the maths, like, okay, so there's one final girl. It's possible the villain might die. It's like you wouldn't factor in one of them just disappearing from the wall. <laughs> um, all right, well... Uh, is there anything else you want to say about why this is your favourite? Um, oh, it's, the girls are the sexiest in this one. Okay. Nah, that's not true. <laughs> okay, well, what are they the sexiest in then? Well, that's not true, Richard, because um, there's all the girls no, are gir- sexy. no girls are sexy. <laughs> <laughs> no, because girls are sexy in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's no um, such thing as a not sexy girl. Actually, I shouldn't say that. There's no such thing as a not sexy girl who is um, 18 or older. Yeah. <laughs> Bases oh. covered. Bases covered. I'm not misogynistic. Right. I'm as I'm as I'm as not misogynistic as Friday the Thirteenth Part One. All right. Cool, and that's that's your whole reasoning. Well, okay. Well, I feel like we are. Well, sh- do we, shut are we, up. <laughs> do you have any? Uh, maybe we should do this at the end. Are there any? Let's. Okay. Let's. For those who are like, oh man, they're racing through the movies too fast. Let's yeah, there's say fucking after ten this, of them. <laughs> let's say after this, we'll go through a general our favorite deaths, our favorite characters, our favorite moments across the franchise, so that we're not trying to remember which movie does this happen in because yeah. that's. Um, that can be difficult when they're all, as similar as they are. Yeah. Also, um, you know, a, a lot of these films, and we are kind of going into the production and stuff as well here. Um, but both Friday the Thirteenth and A Nightmare on Elm Street both have like four to six hour long documentaries um, that cover the production of all of the films, and we're going to watch mm. those at some point probably in the not too distant future probably this month um for film franchise follow-ups on patreon so that'll be more about the the background of the production we'll dive like similar to what we did with lord of the rings um where it's like you know a lot of this especially with lord of the rings a lot of the stuff is so like public knowledge that Mm. so anyway they're both apparently very good so if you want to uh watch along with us at home feel free to yeah so dumb imdb trivia for number two uh jason actually dials a phone in part two alice picks up the phone at the beginning and someone hangs up it's implied that it's jason although where he learned to learn how to use a phone is anybody's guess anybody's guess my (laughs) god um there is a that that scene with alice and her murder is one of those famous um scenes that's like uh silver's plan in skyfall or joker's plan in the dark knight apparently where it's like if you analyze how many dominoes had to fall in a very specific order for her to wind up where she is and get killed is like it relies on jason knowing what a cat's gonna do (laughs) it looks apparently it's if you actually look at it it's it's full of like what the fuck how did he know this is gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) uh Okay, so now we're on to Friday the 13th, part three in 3D. Is that the actual title or is it just part three? Uh, Well, when it's in 3D, it's called in 3D. Um, So there's two versions. Yeah. Uh, So this was released in 1982, again, one year later. uh, Again, directed by Steve Miner. And uh, what's this film about? So it's a bunch of teenagers who are, this time they are just camping because they want to camp. 
Um, they're not councillors or anything. Yeah. Um, and they're at a house near Camp Crystal Lake. That's right. Um, and yeah, and Jason just shows up and starts murdering them because they're horny. Yeah. And so uh, when and is um when is the set? A, oh, a day later, a yeah. day and after. So it's the following two? day. So this actually takes place on Saturday the fourteenth. Um, mm. although the majority of the film actually takes place the following day on Sunday the fifteenth. um yeah and so uh and yeah that's what happens and nothing jason doesn't acquire any like significant um costume changes or stop it stop (laughs) it hold the phone (laughs) nothing else happens it's just a run-of-the-mill like you would see this one and not see it as more significant than the others i mean that that's true but um, <laughs> Jason does uh, get his uh, signature hockey mask in this film. Um, and yeah, also because this film takes place the day after part two, it's um, the news of Jason hasn't spread yet. Hmm. So it's like there's still the, the kind of um, urban legend, but not everyone would have heard that. Whereas in every subsequent film, there's all these massacres and everyone knows who he is. Yeah. Um, and so the one of the teen, the teenager, he I should say young adult, because I don't think they're still in high school. I think they're, they're out of high school. Um, yeah, you can still the, be a teenager and out of high school. Have you ever heard true, of 19? <laughs> I've never heard of 19. <laughs> um, okay, so the 19-year-old, presumably, that he takes the hockey mask from um, is a is a loner called Shelly who while all the rest of the group are kind of coupled up with their boyfriend or girlfriend Shelly is like the the ugly frizzy haired fat kid who no one likes Shelly Finkelstein um and he's really annoying and pulls heaps of pranks that no one finds funny um and he's one of those characters where it's like fuck why have I why am I relating to him more than anyone else in this <laughs> franchise why is Shelly Finkelstein my audience surrogate into the Friday the 13th series it's so frustrating because as well with with like um with kind of like the moral uh the moral the morals that movies often adopt you know, they teach a lot of movies will teach you about friendship and being kind to one another. Shelley is also like a, the kind of character you kind of think will survive because he's the the one he's the innocent one, the one without sin. Mm. Um, but he he doesn't. He just gets killed, and I imagine he died feeling very unfulfilled. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and and Jason steals his hockey mask. Um, and yeah, and look, he. Um, but I mean, little did he know that you know. That hockey mask would go mm. on to be one of the yeah, most this, iconic pieces this, of, of film. Yeah, yeah. Of film. This shitty, this shitty little kid is the is responsible for Jason's hockey mask. Um, the other significant thing about the film is that, as we said, it's it's three D, and so uh, very egregious moments of things being pointed directly toward the camera, and uh, you know, too many things that don't need to be three D. Three D. But I remember, Richard, um, we kind of have this uh, sort of rule of thumb for deciding what the best of something is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we've talked about that. We've never really, like, we've never really discussed this the, the, in, a, in broad terms before, Richard. But I, I know that it started with Friday the 13th when you were telling me how you had read someone's review of the film and they said that Friday the 13th Part 3 is the best one because it's the one you're thinking of when you're describing what Friday the 13th is about. Hmm. 
You know what I mean? Because you're descri- yeah. if you describe a man in a hockey mask going around killing teens at a camp, that's almost exclusively Friday the 13th Part 3. Or yeah. at least that's the first one where he does that. Um, and therefore, it's the best one. Um, and I don't know if I agree with that. I think No, that- I don't think it's the best one. <laughs> no, you don't? Interesting. No. There's, a, there's a moment in this film i'd like to talk about that i that i almost find as confusing as is jason a child or not between <laughs> between yeah. the, the films you know and, and another, another theory actually is maybe he's like frozen in stasis as a 10 year old at the end of the of of part one and but after the five-year jump he's now a 15 year old yeah i don't know um although that wouldn't make sense with how he kills alice two months later um but there's a the main character of Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Her like cross to bear is that something we know for a lot of the movie that something bad happened to her. Yeah. Um, earlier, like years earlier, at this very camp, um, and she sort of mentions it a few times that like coming to back to this camp is 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 a means of therapy for her to move past some kind of traumatic event. And about three quarters of the way through the film, we find out what that traumatic event is, and it's that while she was at this camp a year or so earlier, or a t- couple years earlier, she's a she was attacked by a man with a grotesque face. Yeah. Um, and. And it was it was Finkelstein. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't. Is it supposed to be Jason? Yeah. So it's implied to be Jason. And a little bit of behind the scenes trivia. So because she tells a story about a previous interaction with Jason. Um, Originally, the original script had that um, Jason sexually assaulted her. Um, well, that is kind of still in there, though, isn't it? It's kind of implied that that's what happened. Yeah, but it was it was explicitly. Right, Jason was a rapist, but they were mm. like, "Ah, nah, that's probably too evil," and audiences wouldn't come ba- keep coming back for sequels yeah. if the bad guy is a rapist. Yeah, because later on, when she is the final girl and she's facing off against Jason, he like briefly takes off his mask and like winks at her or something, and he looks like the 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 figure the the grotesque man we see in her flashback mm. but i didn't know if that was like a mental fabrication again because the film ends with her uh, like after escaping him and thinking thinking he's dead out on a lake where she sees unmasked jason back at the house and he like sees her and runs towards her and then she gets attacked by presumably the zombie of pamela voorhees this it gets do do you agree it's very confusing it's very confusing that is a dream though i believe it's an i know but but even even by the time you realize it's a dream you're still too confused and it's all you can think about. I like you how you're like yeah no it doesn't matter that it's a dream it's still confusing but it's like it doesn't have to make sense <laughs> it's a dream. No, I, know, I don't know it, maybe it just feels like it's handled very clunky it doesn't it doesn't feel I don't know I the the problem with with these movies in general I think is that it doesn't feel like anyone's holding your hand and ba- being like this is the this is the grand narrative I'm weaving for you. It just kind of feels like someone set up a camera and you're watching <laughs> horrific <laughs> events unfold, which maybe is, as we said at the start, maybe that is just the point. Yeah, and there's not, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that, mate. <laughs> uh, so this was actually planned as the final film in the Friday the 13th trilogy uh, mm. when it was being made, but they were like, ah, let's, uh, let's leave it open for more sequels. Um, and it was the first ever wide release in 3D. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about this film? Um, 
it, it, like it's very watching them again i was like one is is actually pretty good i i, I quite enjoyed it and then two and three felt like identical to me yeah they're pretty similar um but like but again, having said that like, i i enjoyed them all mm, um, yeah all, all like all those first three i mean i think and then again this is maybe just from a more broad talking of the franchises like what I was saying at the start, like, what are they about? What's the point? Because so many things happen before the murders start that it feels like it's trying to say something. Like, at one point, two of the characters, Shelly is one of them, and, and one of the girls are, like, getting groceries, and they're, like, accosted by a bicycle... Um, bicycle gang? By a, a motorbike gang. <laughs> <laughs> by a motorbike gang. Um, and, and like, they, they run over their motorbikes as, as a display of, like, character growth. You know what I mean? And it all feels like... It's it's growing their characters before just unceremoniously yeah. killing them off. Um, so I don't know. It's just I'm 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 interested to know if there's something I'm not getting or if it's just there's nothing to it. <laughs> it's one <laughs> or the other. <laughs> I think there's just nothing to it, man. Mm. Did we do we say the Rotten Tomato score? No, no. Okay, the here's a fun thing: the Rotten Tomato score and the body count are the same number. What do you think that number is? One hundred percent. No. <laughs> Old man Richard's not going to realise I Tom fooled him till it's too late. A <laughs> hundred o'clock. <laughs> well, yeah, what what uh, what serious guess? Okay, so the last one was like 20-something. Yeah, and, and had so, a, so the last one uh, was 28 and had a body count of 10. This will be 11. Oh, very close. 12. Yes, very good. So Thank now you. for our uh, piece of dumb IMDb trivia for Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D, 1982. So Chris is the name of the final girl you were talking about. How did Chris dream about Pamela Voorhees at the ending when she never met her? And why did her carcass have a head? And then in, in parentheses, Pam Voorhees was decapitated by Alice at the end of Part 1. And has exclamation mark. And also Voorhees is spelled incorrectly twice. Mm, almost scarily similar to my very same deconstruction yeah. of that scene earlier. Meaning maybe I am I was the dumb IMDB trivia all yeah, along. Yeah, the dumbest IMDB trivia of them all. <laughs> okay, now we're up to Friday the 13th, the final chapter. And uh, if you're looking at the bloody time code of this podcast... I think you know this didn't end up being the final chapter. Um, either that or Adrian and I had a lot to say about these four movies. <laughs> so this came out in 1984, which, um, oh, what other uh, horror movies came out that year? That's right, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which, check that out next week. <laughs> no. No, no, fuck off. Don't, fuck you, don't tell me what to do, bitch. Uh, so this, this was directed by Joe Zito. The uh, Zeets. What's this one about, matey? Um, okay, I think this is one of the most interesting um, setups of a Friday the 13th film. Yeah. Unless you count going to space as more interesting, <laughs> which maybe on paper that is. Um, so this one is set the next day um, and is about a bunch of teenagers are going to an empty um, sort of two-story house in this little country neighborhood that they've like got for the weekend and it is across the road from a an occupied household where a a teenage girl her mother and her little brother um cory feldman live (laughs) um (laughs) cory feldman stars as himself (laughs) 
Yeah, and as well as this, there is also like a bounty hunter guy who who is searching for Jason that is like in the area as well. And I thought it was interesting that it kind of sets up these three camps and it's not, and I don't, I don't no pun intended with the word camp. Like it's not the same group of people this time. It's three separate groups of people yeah. that all kind of become intertwined. Um, and I thought that was interesting. So yeah. uh, Jason, who was hanged at the end of three is taken to hospital where his being, his body's being examined and he inexplicably rises from the dead and yep. escapes like he'll and do comes, that man yeah he's bound as he as his is his want <laughs> um and he escapes and comes to this sort of area oh and there's also two twins that show up who are like a fourth faction that kind of get, get involved with the party the divergence mm, yeah um <laughs> and uh yeah jason just sort of starts killing off everyone i found like this was the um precipice of the teen drama angle like the teen drama in it is so much makes up so much of it the like soap opera soap opera ness of it mm. uh, but it's also kind of i kind of enjoyed it more yeah this is the one well. where crisping glover um yeah. worries about being a dead fuck a dead fuck like a like a, a bad lay and you know what before he takes a corkscrew to the face he does get laid and she says he was good um <laughs> And that's kind of nice for him. That's his character arc. Yeah, it is. It is <laughs> his character arc. Um, I think that's the that's a great the character arc is what I'm looking for. I guess when I'm saying is there something I'm missing? Is it feels like there's enough happening in all of these movies for the characters to have arcs? Mm, but no, but then you're none wrong. Of them do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, how does it how does it end? It ends with uh, all of the so all of the the people who turn up for the party are killed off, making them like kind of not even needed for the rest of the film <laughs> um i th- i think the mother from the house is killed off i yeah. think it happens off screen and so Corey feldman and her older and his older sister um are the only ones left because the the bounty hunter dude gets killed as well i'm i'm very liberally using the word bounty hunter he's more just like a a lone wolf who's looking for jason no one's hired him to do yeah it. um he gets killed and um she's so, so cr- what's her name the Last girl, the final girl on this one. Uh, Corey Feldman. Yeah, Corey Feldman. Corey Trish. Feldman's sister. She is running sort of from house to house, escaping Jason. Um, and Corey Feldman, whose name is Tommy, because he becomes the Laurie Strode of the franchise. Yeah. Um, he, he really, his hobby is making like industry level, <laughs> industry grade level yeah. um, <laughs> Halloween masks. Like, yeah, it's a, like, um, it's a, tribute to tom savini right but it's like this 12 year old kid is making yeah, these yeah, like yeah. <laughs> i don't know impeccable. i've seen some pretty talented kids like with okay yeah at my old job we had to go and film um i worked for a kid's show that's not weird um we went and filmed it was i can't remember what it was called but it was like this bit where you would go and like a kid would show off their skill and one was this little girl and she showed off um how she was real good at making fursuits and they were like full on like proper like you would see that a sort of at a furry con level fursuits all made from scratch and it was incredible but then it was like this is real fucking weird (laughs) because this girl was like 13 or may probably younger and making these wow 
I watched a documentary the other week called Fursona about fairy culture. It's very interesting. I recommend it. It essentially boils down to fairies don't want you to know they have sex with each other in the fursuits, uh, but they absolutely do. They just don't want you to know about that part. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the moral of the story. Anyway, so Corey Feldman, who is, you know, all up to date on the the latest prosthetic effects and, and things he works out what jason's backstory is through newspaper clippings and stuff and so he shaves his head um and sort of walks down the steps um as as he's about to murder his his oldest as jason's about to murder tommy's older sister um and then he calls out to jason and in sort of a reflection of what um happens what jenny does at the end of part two pretending to be jason's mother tommy is pretending to be jason mm. and distracts him long enough um, being like, remember, remember who you used to be, um, so that they can attack him and kill him, and it, it and it ends, and he's still he's still like alive, and then Corey Feldman's Tommy grabs the machete or whatever and just hacks him to pieces, screaming, "Die, die, die!" The last scene is his sister um, coddling him at their hospital, and then he just barrels the camera and it f- freeze frames on Corey Feldman looking directly into the camera, as if to imply something <laughs> mm, but like what it's, it's, mm. i don't think it quite earns the beat i think that they the beat is supposed to be like he's corrupted he's lost his innocence yeah he's well that's, that's and we'll get to that more with uh this the the next mm. film on the franchise but um very good very astute observations maybe this one's the best one this is my favorite it's pretty good it's pretty good this one this one's really good this this is um a great final chapter, even though it's nowhere near the final chapter. Um, I, I I love the introduction of like an actual kid taking on Jason. Mm. When you know the the whole reason this started is people that are supposed to look after kids, which are busy having sex, and now one of those kids is rising the fuck up and taking down <laughs> this Jason motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, you mentioned it takes place the next day. The, the climax of this film takes place on Tuesday the 17th. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, production of this film, apparently quite difficult. Um, really? The, the, the director was a massive prick by the sounds of it. Uh, the guy who played Jason took his name off the credits because he hated working on it so much. Um, although he's, he's considered by many to be one of the best Jasons, apparently. Um, mm. Not that that's... <laughs> i don't think you could distinguish that in any way um mm. but yeah so there's a scene where um uh one of the characters is like in a lake and it was fucking like below freezing and the director wouldn't let her get out between takes and she developed hypothermia um and jason was like threatened to quit if he wouldn't let her out of the lake and i think eventually he did um and there was also like there's a bit where jason smashes a guy's head um in a shower and um the director wouldn't let him have a crash pad so he was like you know you should have to smack this guy's face against this fucking porcelain what the um, fuck and it was ted white who played jason who fought for him to actually get a crash pad although i think it's still ironic that it's the that it's the, the guy, guy doing all these things well because you would feel horrible yeah that's a good point point. and then apparently um when he's uh screaming die 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 and hacking at what was two sandbags um, at the end of the film with a machete, uh, he was picturing Joseph Zito, the director of the film. Um, yeah, so <laughs> bad time had by all. Any, anything else to say about uh, what, what you thought of the film generally? Because, like, or, or why you think it might be one of the best? 
I think that it's the the teen characters are all pretty interesting and likable. Yeah. Um, which isn't usually it's like, haha, fuck you, you're dying. Yeah. That's hilarious. There's a film one because um, the guy's into film. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um I think in this one yeah, there's I felt genuine sadness when a lot of them get killed. Yeah. Um, because there's a girl in it who's part of the party who like loses her virginity across the these course of the movie and it's very wholesome. Um Yeah. And I thought that like before she dies, she's competing with Corey Feldman's sister for like the role of the final girl. Like it's mm. it's not clear which direction it's gonna go until she dies. And then it's like, well, I guess it's the the girl living across the road. Um you're right about yeah, the fact that it has a kid in it, it brings the first kind of new perspective to the series. Yeah. Um It's like um Transformers. Like how you you know should have kids. Huh? Oh yeah, Transformers should be about kids, yeah. Yeah. Um And then and they so introduced really a cool. kid in the fifth one, they were the worst character. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I think that um I think this is the this might not be the quintessential Friday the Thirteenth movie. It's no part three in three D, but it may no, be no, no, the, the no. one. <laughs> Don't give formula, me wrong. <laughs> it may be the one where the formula is the most refined, the characters are most likable, and the Jason is maybe the scariest. Yeah, and it does something new without being too. I mean, obviously, going to Manhattan and going to space are new things, but these are still very grounded new ideas. Mm. Yeah. Yeah um yeah you're right yeah yeah so um unfortunately as well this was all around the time of cory feldman's um issues in hollywood with his issues in hollywood <laughs> him him getting molested yeah i was go- i was about to say with molestation mm. um but yeah that's um, sad because do, you know, do you know you know he said like oh i'm releasing this documentary about about it and it's gonna fucking blow the lid open and everything do you know that actually came out i didn't realize it had come out already came out in march it's called my truth the The rape of two corys and Corey hames family apparently responded reasonably negatively to it interesting yeah maybe that's something we need to watch (laughs) to understand why yeah Um, i think there's, there's there's some stuff that they were like that they said wasn't true that that feldman said was true um but yeah very sad and um actually this leads into dumb imdb (laughs) trivia time to trivialize that um so i actually wrote down the dumb imdb trivia the imdb wasn't actually that dumb for this one but there's one story that's just kind of like i don't know i just just thought it was worth sharing um so this is like the whole entry it is played for humor throughout the final chapter that Tommy Jarvis, um, Corey Feldman, is suddenly surrounded by horny teenagers renting a cabin he can see into from his own house. So there's one scene where he, in the middle of the night, sees like two girls getting changed. And he's like, holy shit, yes. And he then it's pretends a great to be scene. It's a great scene, yeah. I, I, that's exactly what i would have done as a 12 year old boy if i could see that because he kind of like buries his face in the pillow and like jumps up and down on the bed he's like it's (laughs) like i I think i would have done that at 12 (laughs) yeah man i do that at 27 um (laughs) uh, however the reality of the situation is that those actresses were indeed very or partially naked and Corey Feldman was still young enough that eric anderson that's the and, and kimberly beck there's the two of the women um took him trick-or-treating on the first day of filming since it happened to be october 31st 1983 
So they shielded 12-year-old Feldman from most of the bad stuff using tricky editing where necessary. And (laughs) what they could not control was the power of a low-cut top sans bra underneath. According to Feldman, in the scene in which Jody Aronson's character bends over to greet Tommy's dog, unbeknownst to anyone but Feldman, he could see down her low-cut top. I hate that. I hate that so much. It starts off like super wholesome and then just gets like, oh, God. Like if it had just ended with like, they actually shielded him from all the nudity and took him trick or treating. It's like, oh, that's nice. But it's like, Corey Feldman did an interview where he's like, yeah, I fucking saw her titties. <laughs> uh, Corey Feldman's a confusing person to try and like f- gauge my sympathies for, I think, because of things like this. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, all right. Body count and Ron Tomatoes. Which do you reckon's mm-hmm. higher? <laughs> the... Uh, let's say the body count's You're higher. wrong. Interesting. Oh, um, wow. What do you reckon the Rotten Tomatoes is? Um, 20. Yep, you're right. And uh, what is the body count then? 19. No. It's 14. What is it? They're not really like increasing the amount of deaths per movie in this Yeah. Way. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all roughly the same. Hmm. Um, interesting so yeah that's uh friday the 13th the final chapter uh not talked about for as long as the other three films despite being my favorite film in the franchise (laughs) so uh number five almost halfway through um well halfway through but you know we have to talk about it to then pass the halfway mark so we're almost halfway through the discussion okay Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, 1985. The next year after the final. These films come out so fucking quickly that it's like, like nowadays, even when a film is like getting a set, like it's released and it goes, yeah, we're planning another one. It's still like two or three years away. This is like, this is the last one. Yeah, come yeah. Come back it's, it's in weird. 12 months. Yeah. It's weird that they signify that this is the final one and then there's no notable gap before they do A New yeah. Beginning. The, the, so yeah. we've had one every year except for 1983. Um, and it's like, it, it's insane. It's insanity. <laughs> um, so what's this one about? So this one uh, takes place, what, 10 years later? Uh, it's actually like far. It's not as long as you'd think. Let not me double really. check. I remember, um, I should have written this down, but I remember being like, huh. Um, it's yeah, five years. What the fuck? So how old? He's seventeen in the film. He's seventeen. He does not look seventeen. Well, now adult Tommy Jarvis, who's no longer played by Corey Feldman, though Corey Feldman does appear at the start of the film in a dream sequence, um, is now grown up and he's he's a twenty-two year old, seventeen year old, um, and he is he's kind of like institutionalized in this. It's not really an asylum. It's like this farm. It's a halfway house. A halfway house. There you go. Um, and he he is haunted by the memory of Jason Voorhees. Um, it's it's deeply affected him. And then um, in an unrelated scene at the halfway house, kind of the, the annoying, nerdy, chubby the kid. The Finkelstein of this film. The Finkelstein of this film um, is murdered by another unhinged member of the of the the community um for being annoying um and it freaks everyone out uh but what's even freakier is that they're all still being killed um by 
who Tommy thinks might be Jason, but Jason being dead uh, probably isn't Jason. (laughs) Uh, Although it could be because he presumably hasn't died or maybe has died before. Um, And it ends in a, after a bunch of people being killed, it ends in a fight between Jason and Tommy um, and foe Jason or foe Jason. And in the end, it's revealed that the man behind the hockey mask is in fact, not an undead Jason, but one of the paramedics Mm. who went to, who came to the, the halfway house to, pick up the dead kid who ended up being the estranged father of that kid and so has started murdering everyone as jason um and that's where you think it ends but then at the end uh, we see tommy take up don the hockey mask and Mm. the, the implication that he is the new jason um very excited to talk about this film yeah so this um i distinctly remember talking about in the first time we covered this franchise that the director was instructed to uh do two things um you have to deliver a shock a scare or a kill every seven or eight minutes and more importantly to turn tommy into jason so this was intended to be the start of a new franchise where tommy would take up the mantle uh, and be the new villain Mm. yeah and that's i think where it should have gone however yeah I, I don't know that the, the films would be any better i think it's a more interesting place to go yeah but, yeah that's true yeah. um so the this film on paper is really interesting i think it is yeah. bold to go now we're in like a, an asylum or a halfway house um i think it is bold to say jason's not in this one um and i think it's bold to turn tommy into the, into the killer and while most of for the most part it's just a schlocky you know we're, we're kind of in the dregs of of 80s slasher schlock now the guy who plays tommy is like it's like the best performance in the franchise yeah i, I really like him in this and he's it's, so good he only has a dozen lines he it's haunting um, it's a haunting yeah. performance and it's it's he's better than the movie he's in you know yeah. and it's funny you should say that actually because um all the um friday the 13th films when they're filming uh, use um fake titles and they're often david bowie songs uh this one was called repetition and it was a film about like a survivor of a traumatic event and he's in, in this like asylum mm. halfway house thing and um john shepherd um who plays tommy was cast in this film and he went to like um asylums and he like studied the people and then he got to set and found out it was actually a friday the 13th film and he was like oh, okay <laughs> he was real disappointed Aww. because you know he thought this was going to be his fucking oscar-winning mm. big break but no it's just a schlocky um friday the 13th movie um but you know what he still gave it his all so he didn't read the script before turning up to set no it was it was all hidden wow this was all yeah i mean maybe not when he turned up to set but you know when he, he found out eventually right. um so this is weirdly Although this one isn't like a, a punish you for having sex kind of movie, which, you know, the, the other ones are kind of implied to be. That's what Jason's MO. Mm. Um, this is like the most explicit film mm-hmm. um, in terms of like nudity and sex. Like there's there's full on full frontal nudity. Um, and apparently the, the production is notorious for having like a shitload of drug usage behind the scenes. <laughs> and the director describe he's like oh man we filmed a fucking porno in those woods like you should see the stuff we cut out um 
That's so very intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was like a six minute sex scene that had to be cut down to 10 seconds. Yeah, I can think of where it would be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's crazy. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. Well, but, but fair enough that it was cut down though, because it it just gets pointless after a Oh yeah. What's the point of a of a six minute sex scene in a slasher movie where they're just gonna get killed? That is That's just, like eighty five minutes long as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. That is just fucking being gratuitous. Mm. That is that is just making a porno. Um yeah. yeah. Uh now, you said you're excited to talk about this movie. Yeah. Have at me. Well that's well, I sort of already talked about it. It's, it's I find it fascinating that there's this like really chilling performance in what's otherwise one of the weaker ones so far. I think, um, I think that that yeah, there's so much like because I my I watched a lot of these with my flatmate, and he missed five and six, and when I described what the plot of five was to him, he was like, "I like that. That sounds really good." And it's like, yeah, I've kind of described it better than <laughs> than what uh, yeah. the, the film itself is, though. Um, and and so- also because like the reveal of the killer is like, oh, it's, um. Yeah, it's, yeah, you see his Was face, he, and I'm, yeah. well, I don't remember who that is. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> then they go, it's this guy from that one scene he was in at the start. And it's like, um, okay. Um, which, you know, is a good, a good thing or a bad thing that I didn't remember what happened at the end of this movie. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. that I didn't remember who the killer really was. Um, and I think that the uh, there's... There's a there's a sort of a detour the film takes where like some of the background characters because despite Tommy being the main what you would probably call the main character in four five and six he actually like disappears for a lot of the four and five four and five and six screen time like presumably in this one yeah. it's so that you think he does he's the killer um, yeah 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 um but and during one of these detours it, uh, one of the counselors at this um, halfway house and this little boy who's like the youngest guy there, they go and see the little boy's older brother and his girlfriend who live in like this this bohemian kind of caravan. Um, and then they leave them and then the, the brother and the girlfriend get killed. Do you remember this part? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just real sad. <laughs> I really like <laughs> I really like those characters and they have this this scene where he so he goes to the 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 outhouse and locks the door and then she comes up and starts shaking it and he's like what are you doing what are you doing stop it stop it and and she's she's like I love you and then they sort of sing a song together where it's like yeah. I, I can't remember how the song goes but it's something like I love you da, da, da. I'll play a clip of it here. Ooh baby. Hey baby. Hey baby. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
There, you just heard it. Um, and it's yeah. very it's very sweet. While he's trying to shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Um, and I just found it, I found myself weirdly invested in those two characters uh, mm. before seeing them murdered. And it's real, <laughs> just real bummed out by it, I guess. So yeah, I, also I, dying in a toilet is yeah, like yeah. a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Also, uh, I forgot to mention this on the last film. So, um, Friday the 13th Part 4 is the first time that Pamela Voorhees' name, first name, is revealed. No, it's not. Yeah, she's just Mrs. Voorhees up until then. Are you... St- no, what? that can't be real. And um, oh. Friday the 13th Part 5 is the first time the full name Jason Voorhees is used. We know that his last name is Voorhees, and we know his name is Jason, but right. we never hear them together until this film. Fuck, someone get Mandela on the horn. Hello? Sorry, I can't talk right now. I died in prison in the 90s. <laughs> We've used that joke before. I feel bad. <laughs> but, have but we it, used that joke yeah, before? Yeah, we have, but it's a good joke. I think it's a good joke. I don't think I have. Uh, you have. You absolutely have. Fuck off. Fuck. I think it's a Mandela effect. Wow, in itself. Wow. Um, Yeah. So also, um, one fun thing this movie did is, you know, when it goes the ki ma 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 We've mm-hmm. got in this film. In this film, it's ki, 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 ta, ta, ta. And it's supposed to be Tommy, like, hearing, kill, Tommy, kill. Ah. Yeah. To be honest, I never hear the consonants in these. Well, I hear the K at the start of ki, ki, ki. But then it just kind of sounds like cha, cha, cha. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, oh, a lot of people think it's like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. But it's ma. Mm. Um, or ta. So, dumb I'm to be. Here we go. Um, so it, it mentions a few, like like it always fucking does on IMDb. <laughs> it mentions like the same thing over and over again. Uh, and this one about the like the seven or eight minutes thing. Um, and so this was, I took the second half of a thing about it. It said, in fact, Scuderi, who's one of the producers, uh, presented Steinman, the director, uh, with a graph to emphasize his uh, uh, every eight minute rule, which meant the film needed to keep introducing new characters and then kill them three or four minutes later. You can evaluate evaluate how well Steinman followed the rule with this minute by minute breakdown of the film. And that's the end of it. That's the end of it. There's so no does, link to it anything. It doesn't link to the, what sounds like <laughs> incredibly interesting from like a film yeah. nerd perspective. <laughs> um, well, no, that explains the, the little kid's brother and his girlfriend then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because they are introduced... In a storyline that fucking goes nowhere. <laughs> it goes fucking nowhere. Uh, but they, they are introduced and then immediately killed. Um, wow, that, that is interesting. And there's another couple in like a gas station, which again is yeah. like, why am I watching this? Where is <laughs> where is Tommy? Where is the most interesting part of this film? Where's he gone? <laughs> where, where's, he, where's he gone? Um, okay, Ron Tomatoes and Body Count. Which one's higher? Uh, the fucking, the Ron Tomatoes body count is, no, the Ron to, How many tomatoes went rotten during in this film? <laughs> uh, no, the body count will be the highest it's ever been at 15, and the Ron Tomatoes score will be the lowest it's ever been at 7. Oh, you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, Ron Tomatoes is 16. The body count is 21. You were right that it is the highest wow. it's ever been. However, it is not the lowest that Ron Tomatoes has ever been. That would be a fun little idiosyncrasy, wouldn't it? It would be. So up Imagine next, we've that got word. Jason. <laughs> we've got Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, part six, or Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. Um, mm. It depends on what you're looking at. So this came out in 1986, directed by Tom McLaughlin. And uh, what's this one about? 
So this one, ignoring the implication from the end of the last one that Tommy is now the killer, it begins with Tommy and his buddy going to uh, destroy the corpse of the long-dead Jason Voorhees. Um, And they go to a graveyard uh, where they dig him up and then Tommy sticks a metal bar into the corpse and then lightning strikes it, bringing Jason back to life. Um, yeah, thus introducing a supernatural element. And to it's the so stupid. It's so stupid that that's it's how it's a callback to Frankenstein. Okay, but like it's an homage to callback. I feel like because Tommy's played by a a, a different actor in this. A from third actor. One. Yeah, and it's he's not anywhere near as good as the guy from um, Part Five, and because of that, I think this like. He doesn't react realistically enough to the idea of being responsible for bringing Jason back from the dead. Like, it's his fault. And it's just horrific. And this is where I think this is the first one, uh, which is sort of... this is the sixth one. Yeah, sorry. This is the first one where it starts really enjoying itself a bit too much. Yeah. And it it becomes like the, the cult of personality. I wouldn't say too much. I think it starts enjoying itself. Yeah, true. Um, and I don't know. It's what else is it about? The, the cops think it's think that it's um, uh, Tommy who's killing everyone, but he's like, no, it's Jason. And the cop's daughter has like a crush on Tommy, and they sort of team up to try and take out Jason while avoiding the police. All while Jason is walking around killing camp counselors and horny teenagers. Yeah. This is the other film, the, the only other film where he kills people at Camp Crystal Lake. Mm. Um, and I feel uh, like. And then how does it end? It, it, the ending is great. The ending's a the ending great fucking, fucking scene. Um, it's the yeah. best part of the film. Uh, essentially, Tommy lures Jason out into the lake while he's on a boat. And then while, you know, flames are set around the boat, he chains a rock to Jason and kicks him down into the depths of Camp Camp Crystal Lake where he is anchored to the bottom um, from whence he came. Uh, yeah, and that's cool. I thought the ending was cool. It's it like and Tommy survives as well. It looks like he's not going to, but then he does. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah, that Tommy he, he survives the franchise completely. Mm. Yeah, for now. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Da-da-da. and yeah, Da-da-da. I thought this was, the ending's cool, but I felt I feel like this is the most misogynistic one. This one I feel like has a disproportionate. I might be wrong. But Elaborate, I yeah. feel like it has a disproportionate amount of women getting killed in, in really sad and gruesome ways to, to men. I don't like I said, I right. think it enjoys itself too much and part of that is is out of like dumb women and, and skimpy clothing getting killed in a in a way that <laughs> feels very disingenuous. Um but maybe I'm wrong on that. But I feel like this is one of the least notable sequels really yeah like the you know the the part five is the one that jason's not in and part seven is right it doesn't have like a a log line yeah yeah it's just the the most interesting thing about is that he comes back from the dead and then they they essentially try and remake the first film um with with that you know um but yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. This one, I didn't. Think I don't know. I, I think this it. is this is the fun one. It's the fourth wall breaking one. Um, when Jason is revived, it like zooms into yes, his eye, right. and you have him like walk in and profile, and then he turns to camera and throws his machete, um, a la James Bond. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I enjoyed it the first time we watched it, didn't I? I thought this was great, but I don't know. Yeah, this is probably still my favorite one. Or my second favorite one. Really? Second. Yeah, I loved this one. Okay. This one's great. All right. You know, no comment. I like to have fun. (laughs) And I hate it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so this film. Uh, Yeah, like I said, this is like we said, this is the kind of the fun one takes itself not as seriously it it um breaks the fourth wall mm-hmm. um ex- explicitly and uh kevin williamson um ended up meeting tom mclaughlin uh working on something and he told him that uh jason lives was a massive influence on him growing up and actually inspired him to write scream yeah that makes sense i think this is this is Friday. This isn't Friday the Thirteenth Two, but it's Friday the Thirteenth Two Point Like this, this is the real new beginning. Is this one? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. The, the franchise because it introduces the supernatural, Jason. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is uh, the first time Kane Hodder plays him. I oh, believe the famous. Jason. No, actually, sorry, that's the next one. Um, Never mind. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, and yeah. Although, interestingly, this is the only film of the franchise that contains no nudity. Well, colour me... Um, misogynistic. Misogynistic myself. Well, I mean, it can, <laughs> that's the only requirement for misogyny, as it has nudity in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that um, the part of part of the reason I'm having difficulty right now is we're at the um, all blurred into one phase of trying to recall... 11 10 different movies i've watched over the last two two weeks and this is one of the (laughs) least this is one of the hardest to remember ones i think um but you know what it is fun it is and maybe i'm being too too mean on it um i think um the final tommy versus jason Mm. is the second best scene in the franchise and don't you worry we will get to what the best scene in the franchise is um this also has a, a killer soundtrack from um, uh, Alice Cooper. Um, yes. Oh, my God. I think, Okay, no, it is the best one. <laughs> so there, is, <laughs> there is a song that plays during the end credits of this song called The Man Behind the Mask. And yeah, he's back, parentheses, he's back. The Man Behind yeah. the Mask. And it's so funny. It goes like, he's back. He's the man behind the mask. <laughs> and he's coming <laughs> right <laughs> out <laughs> of <laughs> his hole. Um, yeah, it's very a very fun song, and I played it several times over the past week. Because um, <laughs> it's yeah, just it's a fun great, song. man. It, it's it's like it go if you can't be bothered watching the movie, go listen to "He's Back," the Man Behind the Mask by Alice Cooper, and you'll learn everything you need to know about this. Yeah, film. that's a good point. It's like it's having fun, it's rock and roll, and it's bloody uh, a bloody good time. Mm. All right. This film's a great time. You've turned me round on it, Richard. You've turned me round. This is the one. If someone was like came over and they're like you know i've never seen a friday the 13th movie well just just chuck one on this would probably be the one i put on That's and i'd be point. like this guy uh he killed jason and then uh he was like haunted by visions of him and that's all you need to know mm, and may- then let's take it from here maybe i got too uh i got too in that that headspace of like taking it too seriously and so seeing such a silly way of bringing him back to life i was like this uh, this uh, undermines the sanctity of the 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 series, <laughs> but it's like I don't actually care. The real truth is I don't care at all. Yeah, 
Uh, you've te- this is the second time on this podcast that you've actually changed my ranking. I'm going to go to my Letterboxd account right now. And also, can you make that um, not private or whatever you need to do? Because I cannot see it. You can't see my list. No, I can't. And I've been looking for it. What? It's not private. Okay. Lists. It is private. (laughs) When was it made private? Uh, Public list. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to move part four to the top. And I'm going to move Jason Lives above a new beginning, but no further. (laughs) <laughs> cool and then um once we've gone through all 10 films we'll um we'll state our rankings i think here we go now i can see it you bloody mm. cheeky dog mm. okay so um dumb idb trivia for jason lives um this is possibly my favorite dumb IMDb trivia we've ever had oh my god we've had some great ones like this is to the point where i almost remember saying this four years ago um <laughs> so while Tommy is being dragged away from the cemetery by the sheriff and deputy, he pleads with Martin, the caretaker, to dig Jason's grave back up, to which Martin says to himself, what's he think I am, a fart head? <laughs> now, other than the 2009 reboot, this is the only time in the Friday the 13th films that the word fart is spoken, <laughs> and someone thought this was noteworthy. <laughs> now... I imagine if you go to the 2009 Reboots IMDb page, someone says that it's the second time, (laughs) and then someone went back and was like, and some fucking idiot added this to 2009. (laughs) But I tell you what, I looked up the screenplay to 2009 and control f fart, and it wasn't there. So You sure you didn't control f fart? Keep an eye out for for the word fart. When we watch the 2009 reboot in a couple of weeks. Did you look up the script for this one and see if fart was in this one or if it was... Imagine if fart head was an improvised line from the actor. It sounds like one. What a strange thing mm. to say. Fart head. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, Rotten Tomatoes body score. Body count. Rotten What did you just, what did you just say, count. Richard? You were... <sighs> <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, score and body count Rotten which t- one's higher which one's higher the score is higher yeah um what do you think it is it's 25 no it's not what is you've it? got both of the numbers correct it's 52 it is 52 it's the That's second highest in the franchise very high my goodness yeah like this this is commonly like people like this one maybe i was just tired dude maybe yeah. i was over it um the body count is the second highest we've had so far at uh, tw- uh, 18. Wow. That is the second highest we've had so far. Yeah, it is. At 18. At 18. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. Now we've got Friday the 13th, part seven, The New Blood, mm. 1988. Uh, so this is directed by John Carl Buechler. And what's this one about? So the most interesting thing about this one is that... The main character is a girl with psychic abilities. So imagine. She's got psychokinetic powers. Imagine that in a Friday the 13th movie. That's the pitch. That's the logline. When we first watched it, I was like, this is cool. This time, I was like, this is boring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
so yeah, she um when she's it flashes back to when she's a little kid and she accidentally kills her father um by like crush like destroying a pier that he's standing on. In um, Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. And um then she um goes back there and is like, I'm gonna use my powers to revive my dad, but she revives someone else that was at the bottom of that lake, our buddy Jason. Oh. Uh and then so she battles him so uh this is uh, where we start to get into uh film studios because there's a lot of shit with the film studios with friday the 13th so um at this time friday the 13th was receiving diminishing returns as a franchise whereas the popularity of a nightmare on elm street was skyrocketing right so paramount uh sought a paramount who distributed nightmare on elm street uh sorry Paramount, who distributed Friday the 13th, sought a partnership with New Line, who have Nightmare, um, because they wanted to do a crossover. So 1988, that was being talked about. Wow. Um, and after a few failed attempts to work something out, uh, they decided to do ostensibly Jason versus Carrie from Stephen King's Carrie. Uh, however, MGM had the, had the rights to that book, so they were just like, let's just make some other fucking psychokinetic bitch. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> this i'm i'm playing the studio executives it's right. not me <laughs> okay so uh apparently um one of the concepts for part seven was conceived by associate producer barbara Sachs. uh was noted being similar to the plot of jaws this was when they were still trying to work out what they were going to do with the film uh, a corporate land developer would cover up the previous jason Voorhees massacres in order to profitably build condos on crystal lake um yeah that's an interesting idea yeah, it is an interesting idea. And then um, sex uh, was then the Jason versus Carrie idea was brought to her. She considered that to be an interesting idea, and she wanted to the the installment to be get this more respectable than the previous entries in the series, and that she wanted it to be unlike any other Friday the Thirteenth movie. She wanted it to win an Academy Award. Several high profile directors were considered for the job, including Italian filmmaker Federico Fellini. Wow. And who got it in the end? Uh, John Carl Bierkler. <laughs> he's, got a, um, he's got a very diff- difficult to look at <laughs> to look at last time. It's a um, who actually he, oh, he died last year, oh. um, unfortunately. R.I.P. And um, what did he also direct? Uh, nothing very good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think like what what a lofty goal an Academy Award. Yeah. What are you talking about? What? What? <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. have some have some self awareness. My God, like you can try and make a good one. That's all good. Remember when um Vin Diesel thought that Furious Seven legitimately thought that Furious Seven would win Best Picture? Richard, I think about that every day. <laughs> <laughs> Man, and for this to not even like at least Furious Seven is probably the best Fast and Furious movie. This is one of the worst Friday the Thirteenth movies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not very good. Like, I I find the character of uh, Trish. I don't know, what's her name? Tina. Tina. Trish. Tina. It's Tina. a T name. It's a T name. I know that much. Mm. Um, the new blood, and also the new blood was referring to. Don't worry, Tommy's gone. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh yeah, Tina. Her name is. I I found it so annoying, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't, especially coming off the back of Tommy, 
um, who I found to be such an interesting protagonist for the series uh, because, you know, we, we followed him for three movies um, to then just go like, oh, I have psychic powers, which is like as far-fetched as the series has been up until now. It, it, fe- it felt like a jumping the shark moment. It is a jumping the shark moment, which I think I appreciated in 2016 because it was like new spins and like gimmicks it's a gimmick and gimmicks aren't always bad and i think i interpreted that positively the first time i watched it but do you know what the thing is is unless you count her killing her dad by accident the her like telekinetic powers aren't really utilized in a way that's remotely interesting um and it it ends with the way she defeats jason in the end is she brings her dad back to life and he drags jason down to down back down to the lake and it's very ham-fisted and silly um and Mm. brings to to brings like to light the 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 kind of elephant in the room is like all these other people have died around you you bring them back to life if your power is yeah. you can bring back people to bring people back to life, bring back all these other people to life. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, after this film, um, you know, we have Jason takes Manhattan, which is you know a, a famous entry in the franchise. Um, but uh, the director actually said that ever given if ever given the opportunity, he would love to create uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven Volume Two. Um, which would ignore part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan, and would follow the characters featured in this movie after they were rescued, Tina would be in a mental institution having been blamed for the deaths that occurred, and Jason would be stalking her, killing doctors and nurses along the way. It just sounds like the one they already did two movies earlier. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, it's a fun idea. And, yeah. like, uh, like I, I like the idea of following a character for a couple of movies, at least. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's not a lot to say about this one cuz it's like Yeah, it's just, just dumb. It's like a com- like, like you like you say the most interesting thing about it isn't important to it at all. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I mean there's yeah. there's other teenagers that that are camping there cuz cuz she's there with her doctor and her mum to like chat to you know face the trauma um head on which is the same thing that happened in uh <laughs> Um, oh three yeah part three is that as well and it's the the irrelevant party goers moving in in the neighboring cabin which is in part four so it's just like the same thing done again um mm. Mm. Uh, i guess we can just do ron tomato's body count which one's higher um i'm gonna say that the body count is lower i think the ron tomato score is higher yeah, you're right. Uh, Ron Tomato's score is 35. What's the body count? 34. 16. Wow. Yeah, Damn it! Damn it! Halve it and then also subtract. Subtract two and then halve it. Okay, I will. <laughs> um, this is the first appearance of Kane Hodder, who was considered, I guess, the... the... Why is the guy who's in the worst ones considered the, the definitive <laughs> yeah. Jason? That's so strange. Because he's the only person who played him more than once. Right, well, there you um, go. <laughs> dumb IMDb trivia, this is all the, the entry says, a number of the cast members were gay. How many? Don't know. A, a number. Well. One. You'll probably find that on a lot of film sets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was one, it might have been this one, where it was like, um, 
so and so developed a crush, an actual crush on their on-screen boyfriend. Unfortunately for her, he's gay in real life. <laughs> Very nice. uh, so f- next we have Friday the 13th Part 8 Jason Takes Manhattan that came out in 1989 mm. directed by Rob Hedden what's this one about? Uh, well obviously as the title would suggest it takes place entirely in Manhattan no you dumb fucking piece of shit what AJ. did I say? what did I say? what did I do? no look it's it's Friday the 13th at sea it takes place on a boat going, I guess, to Manhattan, and Jason kills a bunch of people on the boat before they do eventually get to Manhattan and dock. Yeah, and then and do you know what? Um, they were thinking about, oh, what other gimmicks can we do? And they thought, what if he, <laughs> what if he hides out on a cruise ship because they wanted him to get away from that fucking lake? Mm-hmm. Um, what if he's hiding out on a cruise ship? And then someone thought, what if he's in uh, New York? And they took both ideas to Paramount and said, which one do you want? And Paramount said, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is they're two separate. They're t- you're, you're, you're blowing two movies on on one movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's straight up what happened. Paramount said, yeah, cool, do both. Um, and then they, after developing more, they realized that uh, they wouldn't be able to actually film the whole thing in New York. Um, because it was too expensive. So they actually shot in New York for like two days. The rest is in Vancouver, doubling for New York. Of course. Um, but yeah, so there, it's the whole thing takes place on a boat, um, which starts in a lake and ends up in the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> um, in New York. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, then he, he almost every New York cliche uh, that you can think of someone they they bust into a diet diner and go oh crap a man's trying to kill us and they go yeah welcome to new york <laughs> which is <laughs> and he, a fantastic he, like, part of the movie what does he do he walks past a bunch of street thugs and like kicks the what is what are they holding he like kicks it out of their hands or something yeah something like that and so, then there's all there's all these barrels of toxic waste just like yeah. lying around <laughs> and the the main character has like premonitions of seeing young boy jason um, and this kind they kind of have like a a a supernatural link to each other as he's killing everyone. Um, and when they they kill him by like escaping from him in, in the sewers as a big wave of of sewage like takes him out. And when they look down after the waves to pass, it's just the, the body of a little boy down there. And there's some interesting stuff in this. There's a there's a a flashback yeah. where the main character um, realizes her uncle, I think it is, ha- is like the source of her trauma and fear of of the water because he threw her into Camp Crystal Lake when she was a a young girl to try and teach her to swim, and she was dragged down by a young Jason. Meaning he did survive. Meaning that's the theory they described to is that he was yeah. there just breathing underwater what could okay so a boy drowns in a lake <laughs> right yeah happens every day yeah we later learn plot twist he didn't drown but he also didn't get out of the lake and he didn't do anything or did he or did he did he live in the lake <laughs> Part of this you can hardly blame on Jason because if he didn't drown, he just decided to stay there. Like, yeah, well, do something. I you, about say you can't blame it on Jason because he didn't write the films. <laughs> but no, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying like the it almost reduces the stakes for for Pamela Voorhees' plight to be legitimate. 
Jason has to have died. But the movies want Jason as the main villain, and so they go, no, he just didn't die, he was just hiding. And it's like, well, if he was hiding, then as as the woman who played Pamela Voorhees herself pointed out, that like completely destroys her character motivation. But then also, yeah. how was he hiding? What do you mean he was hiding? If he couldn't swim, then he would have drowned, but he just didn't drown? Is he immortal? Is he indestructible? Maybe he is. That's if That can be the answer. I'm just asking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here to answer that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all good theories, AJ. All good theories. I think this is the worst one. I think this is the worst Friday the 13th movie. Uh, yeah, I think it's the second worst one. Fair enough. Uh, so this was the final film produced by Paramount. Mm-hmm. Uh, who'd, who'd done all the ones up until then um also it's worth noting um so i mentioned about how there was two competing ideas that ended up both getting made um so this is after the disappointing box office gross of uh the new blood dir- the director began developing a follow-up which um and which i mentioned about tina in an insane asylum meanwhile La Park Lincoln, who portrayed Tina, co-wrote with her husband an alternative screenplay which had Tina working as a psychologist for troubled girls. Lincoln's co-star on The New Blood, Kevin Spiritus, also wrote a screenplay which recast the events of The New Blood into a long dream with his character as the killer. And so it's like just three people were like, wrote a sequel to number seven <laughs> at the same time. And then neither of them got you. None of them got used, <laughs> uh, which is, which is bananas. But yeah, this one, this is famously the worst one. It's just disappointing. And it's like, if you'd called it Friday the 13th at, at sea, sea, then it's like, cool. And if you, and because, because as, as, as sort of pointed out is like, you're selling each idea short by not committing to that, yeah. you know, because yeah. By calling it Jason Takes Manhattan, I'm immediately disappointed that we don't see Manhattan till the till the end of the film because An the hour implication and of that. Into the film. Yeah, yeah. This is also the longest one. Wow, there you go. Um, the implication of all of that is very interesting because you go Jason to Manhattan. Oh my God, he'll kill everyone, um, <laughs> right? So that's what you want to see. You want to see it yeah. chal- take on that challenge, and it avoids it, and it's lame. It's fucking lame. And also, when they get to yeah. Manhattan, it's because the they, they the ship's sinking, and they get on like a lifeboat, and the survivors get to Manhattan, and then they get get out of the docks, um, and they sort of treat Manhattan like they've arrived on like a deserted island that's like dangerous (laughs) because they're walking around like oh where do we go and then they immediately get accosted by like by like thugs who take the main girl and then inject her with drugs which is hardcore man that's a hardcore thing and also like people don't just give away their drugs (laughs) like it's very strange it's it's a it 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 really like i believe that they couldn't film all of it in new york because it's a very claustrophobic looking New York. Because yeah, it yeah, yeah. Look like there's, there's like some shots space. in Times Square, and that's all that was shot in New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Kane Hodder, uh, God bless him. Apparently, he um like stayed in full costume the entire time, never lifted up his mask because people were getting a kick out of it. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, because yeah, when when he when he uh, when uh Jason walks past those like street hooligans those punks and they like call something out, he just turns around and lifts up his mask, and they're like, oh, oh, good, never mind. Um. <laughs> But also, oh, we didn't mention this, but Jason is brought back to life once again through um, electricity. This is the second time he's brought back through yeah, electricity. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, he's not struck by lightning, but a anchor from a boat on 
Camp Crystal Lake disrupts like a power tube, which electrocutes Jason and brings him back. Yeah. So, um, that's fun. And he's, he's, he's wet the entire movie. As was I. <laughs> oh. um, we haven't really <laughs> talked about um, his design in much of these films, but I, I hate his design in Seven just because it creeps me out. Um, because... He kind of he he looks like he's been decaying, and so he has his ribs are showing and his spine is showing, and I just really don't like that. No, um, yeah. How do it you creeps f- me out? How do you feel now? And then this okay one, now? it's like his skin's cleared up a bit. He's right. still like you know very like dark, gross skin, uh, but yeah, he's perpetually dripping wet, mm. which is cool. That I feel like Jason should be perpetually dripping wet if he was really the undead ghoul that they kind of don't want to say he is for the first four films it would make sense for him to always be wet as you know keeping in tradition with ghostly ghosts who drowned i guess would make sense mm, yeah, yeah, yeah i get you i get you i'm picking up what you're putting down thank you um give it back Boober. so ron tomatoes body count one is one of these is the highest it's been <laughs> The Rotten Tomatoes score. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's 100. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, actually, one's the highest it's been. The other is the lowest. Oh, so this is that fun idiosyncrasy. Yeah, this isn't actually... It's not the either the... One of them, it's maybe not the highest, or it's maybe not the lowest in the franchise. Mm. Um, but yeah, of course, the Rotten Tomatoes is the lowest we've had so far at eight. And the body count is 25. Yep, that makes sense. Um, a lot of deaths in this one. And he's got an advantage when he's in such a secluded area. Yeah, yeah. Dumb IMDb trivia uh, to cap off our discussion on um, Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, and I actually mentioned this briefly um, already, but many of the actors pointed out to themselves a plot hole earlier in the filming of the movie. They wondered just how the ship got out of Crystal Lake and into the Atlantic Ocean. Since most of them were just happy to be in a film, they didn't bring it up to the producers or director. That's so disappointing because it's worded in a way like it's going to answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, anyway, no one knows the answer. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, 1993, the year both of us were born. Thank you. Thank you for remembering. So this was first produced in, uh, this was the first film produced by New Line uh, because Paramount sold the rights um uh to jason Voorhees after low box office receipts uh but what is this about um, so this one is they kill him they kill jason he's back somehow and they kill him um because what happens at the end of manhattan oh yeah he turns into a little boy so jason's back for some reason and they kill him they blow him up uh but his heart survives and while dissecting the heart a coroner is possessed by this slug sluggy like slime that represents jason and the movie is essentially jason's the the like evil spirit like body snatches yeah, yeah yeah the evil spirit of jason Voorhees, um possessing different people along the way until it's revealed that um he has to find the he has to possess the body of another Voorhees for him to to come back as who he is um, which I don't yeah. know how he knows that or why that is or whatever's going on. Um, <laughs> and it turns the main character ends up being um, Jason's uh, niece um, and they they fight and he, he ends up finding because he kills his sister, who's the niece's mum, and yeah. he finds her body right at the last minute 
And so he comes back as full Jason after an entire movie of not giving you the main reason you'd come to the movie, uh, which would be yeah. the, the hockey mask and all that. Um, and yeah, he comes back and they fight uh, and they manage to defeat him and he gets dragged. By stabbing him in the heart with a magical dagger. Yeah, that's right. Very stupid. And he gets dragged to hell by demons. And the last thing we see in the film is the Jason's hockey mask in the sand and it zooms on it and then a hand comes out of the ground and it's Freddy Krueger's hand and he drags the mask down to hell, of course, signifying um, that we will very soon be getting a <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason movie. Yeah. Nine years later. <laughs> or ten years later. I think. Yeah, ten years later. Um, also, this uh, marks the only time in the franchise that... Um, Jason speaks. I remember this. I remember this from the first time we did it. Yep. Do you remember what he says? He says, get your hands up or something like that. Yeah, very close. Um, so there's essentially, there's a point where you there's two people and you're not supposed to know which one is Jason. And they were like, fuck, we didn't know how to do it. So we just had to have, because the, you have to hear both of them speak. Um, and then, you know, t- to cast doubt that it could be either one. Uh, but yeah, a, a cop comes in and says freeze get the hell away from it ed mm. um, and that's the only time in the franchise that jason speaks and it's it's universe breaking it sucks as well because it's like it's quite a um it's quite an intelligent thing for him to say like it's mm. like i kind of like to think of jason as like a methodical dumbass who's just murdering people well yeah he's just got like yeah he's got like one prime director yeah that sort. whereas that like the fact that he uses the guy's name the fact that it's an order to trick um it's just real lame <laughs> mm. yeah but you, know, you can thank adam marcus the director for that um adam marcus who was 23 when he made this film what the fuck um yeah and um it was first time director and apparently uh made every fucking mistake you could imagine <laughs> um how do you get uh, this what i'm blown this- away by that a 23 year old director yeah. doing the yeah. ninth film in a series he had worked with um sean cunningham on something else and then he was like yeah fuck it make the next one uh, but yeah, apparently there was some i don't know if it was a first-time director thing or what but um no one watched the dailies other than the editor and so they had to re um record like 40 minutes of the film because it was just filled with like shots were out of focus or like things didn't make sense or like <laughs> Because it was just, you know, some idiot that wow. was fresh out of film school. So there's there's one reason why I ranked this above Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah. And it's because the opening scene is very fun and very clever. And I think yeah. it's one of the and, best and, scenes and, and in the franchise, um, despite being one of the It's deliberately, films. like, supposed to just feel like any old film. Yep. So, like any old film in the franchise. So it starts with a woman by herself going to Camp Crystal Lake. And it's very ominous and she gets to a cabin and she draws herself a bath. She gets naked. You see her naked. You see nudity. Uh, and then th- the something goes bump in the night. She puts on a towel and then is chased by Jason Voorhees through the forest. And you're like, oh my God, it's classic. It's all the classic tropes of a Friday the 13th movie. And then all these floodlights burst on and all these like soldiers come out and open fire on him. And it turns out she was a... um like a FBI agent or something who was undercover um, to lure him out. And I thought that was very, very clever and very funny that the way to, the way to lure out Jason Voorhees is to um, get naked. naked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that's a very cool scene and it's cooler than anything in Jason takes Manhattan. Therefore 
it's a bump above. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I could maybe listen to that. I, yeah, I just don't have as much fun with Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, it's stupid. Why? What? It's stupid. And also, the design of Jason in this, I fucking hate. He's got this like disgusting bulbous head that like take it overlaps his mask, mm. and it's just like I hate every time actual Jason is on screen. Which is funny because that's also the main problem with it is that he's not on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's though so stupid. I don't get how you would get nine movies deep and then go, let's do one where you don't see him. My dude, no one's coming to these stories, these movies. You've tried it and it, and, <laughs> and it failed yeah, yeah. by all accounts. Mm. No one's coming to these movies for their like compelling stories. They're coming because they like the character and want to see the guy in the hockey mask. Like how, yeah. how fucking tone The man behind the mask. Be? he's back <laughs> also um so apparently this was uh adam marcus a little, little fresh faced little teen no he's not a teen 23 year old um wanted to have tommy jarvis reappear um but new line only had the rights to jason interesting wow okay yeah. and also we talked about this before and i said i'd get to it later on about um the answer to all your questions but this film features the Necronomicon Ex Mortis um, from the Evil Dead. Does it? Yeah. Or the, um, what is, what's it also called? Like the Magnum DeMonto or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, something DeMonto. Um, it's, uh, yeah, the book from the Evil Dead, which summons the Deadites. And so it is implied um, that Jason's a Deadite. And that solves all your plot holes. What's a Deadite again? Remind me. Uh, it's like the the quote-unquote zombies from um, the Evil Dead series. Mm. So even going- Doesn't matter who they are or what they are. Right. <laughs> Natorum DeMonto is the other thing it's called. So Jason's Jason's just a zombie. He's always been a zombie. Yeah, and so that's um, it's implied that Pamela Voorhees used the Necronomicon to bring Jason back to life, and that's why he's like supernatural, and he aged very quickly. When and- the hell did this happen? I don't remember this happening in the, in the movie at all. It's there. Just go look for it. Wow. Um, does that also explain why all of a sudden he's like an evil demon and how that's never yeah. been part of it? Like, oh, this is such a yeah. tone-deaf movie. It's actually staggering how bad the ideas are in this movie. That, that A, you don't have Jason on screen for very much of it, and B, that you make him a supernatural force when like is it not obvious that the the allure is that he could be anyone like he could be your maybe there's someone living in the basement of your next door neighbor he could be your dad yeah he could be your dad well, i guess that that <laughs> is what this one is though isn't it this is it could be your yeah. dad um, and maybe that is scarier but no i don't yeah. i don't have to concede no one likes this one <laughs> yeah, i don't have to look on the bright side yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so Jason uh, goes to hell. Rotten Tomatoes score and body count. Which one do you think is higher? I think the body count is higher. Yeah, and it's actually the highest we've had so far. It is 30. 32. Very good. I nearly said 32. Uh, and the Rotten Tomatoes score? The score will be uh, 9. No, it's 24. It's actually quite decent. I mean, 24 is a bad score, That's... but it's quite decent for what it is. I imagine it's got significantly less reviews than other ones. but It's only 24 because that opening scene is real good. <laughs> Alright, you ready for some dumb IMDb trivia? Bro, it's all I want. It's all I want out of this podcast. So I've actually got two for this one oh. because I couldn't figure out which one was funnier. Um, so this is all it says. Jessica mentions she left Steve by the Myers place. <laughs> 
Now, presumably, oh. it's supposed to say this could be a reference to Michael Myers, <laughs> um, but it does not say that. And then uh, it also, <laughs> the other one is the screenwriter, Kane Hodder, and even two random California DJs have cameos. <laughs> like the fact that- Kane Hodder has a cameo? <laughs> yeah, Kane Hodder, at, at the very start of the movie when um, there's the security guard at the-, the um, at the morgue, mm. uh, one of them's Kane Hodder. Oh, okay. Oh, so he literally has a cameo. They're not just saying yeah. the guy who plays Jason is in the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I love the and even two random California DJs. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> so is, is it a cameo if they're just obscure people and not famous? Like, can, yeah, can yeah, I yeah. say I have a cameo in Ash vs. the Evil Dead if I'm just an, an extra and I'm not famous? Uh, I don't think you're in it though. Are you? Yeah, you can't really see me, but. Yeah, you also I'm can't really see the car in the background of that shot of Lord of the Rings, and people always say, you know, people always point to the car. They go, "There's a car in that shot." Can never see it. Yeah, but they also removed the car from the shot. Well, so. they removed me from Ash vs. the Evil Dead. I don't see how this is any different. <laughs> uh, okay, now we're brought to 2002. Jason X. Ugh, this will be. So bad, won't it? I mean, we're already... Yeah, I mean, this is... Again, this is famously the worst one. Just like Manhattan. This is uh, 2001, according to Letterboxd and my sources. Uh, So it had one screening in 2001 and then was released over a year later. Um... So, thank you. Yeah, it had one screening in Spain in November of 2001 and then opened in 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 everywhere else in 2002. Richard... Friday the 13th, I was going to say joins, but it was already there. It becomes one of our franchises that genuinely has a in-space sequel. Um, joining yep. Hellraiser and Space Buddies. And there's got to be more. What other movies went to space in their sequels? I don't know, man. Anyway. Um, yeah, so this I is, know you want from this me, is Jason in space. Um, it's about... it's It opens in 2010, I think. Yeah which was long after it was shot um, at Crystal Lake Research Facility. Fantastic. Where a a resurrected Jason is now like a a specimen, a a scientific marvel because he can't die. Um, And some scientists are going to go do some experiments on him when he escapes and kills everyone except for um, the the, main female scientist who traps him in a cryogenic chamber, but then he stabs her and they sort of freeze together and are discovered 400 years later by a... Over 400 years. Yeah, by a spaceship crew who return to a now desolate earth they bring them back aboard the ship they thaw them both out and and heal their wounds um and and thinking that they're they're both like they'll both be like these fascinating um you know fascinating discoveries but then the girl who lives is like oh no you shouldn't have brought back jason and then jason starts killing everybody on the spaceship um and it ends with them after he's killed most of them a couple of them get out on a on a escape pod um and that was this was it that's jason x and dude you know what this this movie fucking rocks this movie's sick this movie's great i love this movie i love jason x i think it's it's not yeah, it's not my favorite or anything but like um if you allow it to be i think it's the funnest of the sillier films yeah 
So um, it's this- not it's not unaware of what it is. I think, and yeah. when when people talk about how bad Jason X is, because it's it's like oh my god, it's Jason Voorhees in space. It's like yeah, it fucking knows it's Jason Voorhees in space. Yeah. Though. Like I I can't believe that you still. Like we'll see on Reddit, someone mentioned, "Oh, is Friday the Thirteenth any good?" And people go, "Some of them are right." Jason X is fucking awful, and like I, I, I don't see how it still has that reputation. Mm. It, like it seems like the the postmodernist, metamodernist, um, you know, like society we live in would be able to appreciate that. Now. And I think, okay, I think like watching it again, that was certainly how I remembered it. Watching it again, I was like. I think this still isn't doesn't dive in too much, like enough. Like I think if it had looked like, um, you know, the the fake trailer for Machete Kills in Space at the end of Machete, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if they'd gone with that aesthetic, like full on like B movie Star Trek yeah. kind of stuff, I think that would be better. They try to build too realistic of a sci-fi world i think if they'd just gone absolutely schlocky and silly this would have been a more fun movie but even then it's still it's still fun and yeah as i said it knows it's jason in space it's not unaware yeah. of the ridiculousness of that yeah it, like it looks like a low budget sci-fi mo- tv show from the early 2000s it looks like well. dawson's like it, creek it has such a specific aesthetic that's hard to describe it looks like what i imagined the um Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica show looked like. I think um, they looked a lot better than this. This is this is more um probably. This is like Joss. This is like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's I I fucking love this movie, man. <laughs> and watching it the first time, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is a good time. Watching it this time, I was like, this is the best fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I um. The final chapter is a better movie, but Jason X is like right fucking behind it. Um, oh, this is this is such a good time watching. Um, I love everything about it. Um, also, fun, um, r- r- poorly placed, useless statistic. Mm. Um, Let's do it. This is the furthest into the future we've seen on film franchise. <laughs> That's awesome. Have we not yeah. had like a future set film yet? Um, what well, I. I and I could, this could be wrong, but I I tried to do my research and um because the only other like super future film is Hellraiser Bloodlines, which is twenty one twenty seven, and this is twenty four fifty five. Is Divergent on Earth? Oh, when is Divergent set? That'd be the one that I would think of. Because Divergent's just like the not too distant future. This this could be mm. right now, isn't it? I don't know. <sighs> when is a divergent set in the future thank you uh unknown it's either the year 2020 or 2024 apparently okay that's- but then someone's like no that's someone says no that's too soon i'd say 2160 so it sounds like right no one knows um so another fun useless statistic if we're doing this now um yeah, go for it this is our second franchise this year to be about hockey. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, <laughs> after the Mighty Ducks, it's it is funny to watch two franchises this close to each other, which have like their posters are the same. <laughs> you know, they've both, <laughs> they've both got a hockey mask on the poster. Um, so the in the development of Jason X, um, they were throwing around a bunch of different gimmicks. Um, so they mentioned, um, the hood. No, like, like leprechaun. leprechaun. <laughs> um, uh, snow. Which um, I talked about last time as being my continuity of the franchise. Mm. Um, underwater. Okay. I'm expecting you to react to each of those. Like a like a submarine one. 
I guess. Oh, the submarine's cool. I mean, you did the spaceship one. Yeah. Um, it's set in the Arctic. Isn't that just the snow one? <laughs> yeah. Um, number nine actually was uh, looked at as this as well, but set, uh, Jason goes to LA. Jason takes Los Angeles. Yeah, and it would be about him um, fighting two rival gangs who then have to learn to team up and take down Jason. That doesn't um, sound bad. Yeah, well, well, it doesn't sound good. but Doesn't sound um, worse. Doesn't sound worse. Yeah. There was also uh, Jason Goes on Safari. <laughs> <laughs> and also an idea was tossed around at some point that involved NASCAR wow. in some way. Do you think it, it would have gone, NAS, NAS, NASCAR, car, car. Very, very funny. Um, but ultimately, knowing that Freddy versus Jason was on the way, they decided on space, knowing that if they set it in the future, it can be set after Freddy versus Jason. Mm. I teased earlier that my favorite scene of the franchise, the best scene of the franchise, was still to come, and it's in this movie. Yeah. So, to distract Jason at the end of the film, uh, they have this like VR hollow deck on the. Um, on the Grendel, is what it's called. Named the Grendel? Me, um, I missed that. <laughs> the fucking Grendel. They say it a lot of times. <laughs> the That's Grendel? The the Sounds like the Grundle, which is a fun name for the Gooch. Well, it's not. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, yeah, Grendel. Like, um, Beowulf. It's from Beowulf. Okay. You know, the movie, Robert Zemeckis, Beowulf. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what it's named after. They have this holodeck, and they need to distract Jason. And so what they do is they put him back at Camp Crystal Lake, and he's walking around, and they're like, fuck, it's working. And then one of the guys is like, oh, shit, I think he saw me. We need to, let's, <laughs> we need to up the ante. So they get these two girls to go like, hey, Jason, come hang out with us. We were just going to smoke some weed and have premarital sex. We love premarital sex. And then they both like just take their tops off. Yeah. And they're, you know, revealing their naked breasts. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then get into um, these two sleeping bags. And then they're like, cool, it's working. And then it cuts back <laughs> to Jason. And he's just, like, hitting one of the sleeping bags with the other sleeping bag. And it's it's the best scene of the franchise. I agree. It's so... I don't, I don't know how people don't look to this as the great, as the undoubted greatest moment of the franchise. Yeah. Like the casting director and the director both didn't want to do this scene. And the casting director, in fact, was so adamant that it was nothing but gratuitous nudity that she refused to cast the roles. Um, this is the, that's the least the- gratuitous nudity in the whole franchise. Well, like it is, it is gratuitous. No, no, I know, but because, but it's not. Like, the other ones are uh, are without purpose. Like you could shoot yeah, the other nude scenes, right, yeah, yeah. and not have nudity yeah. in them. It's only because of the you know the 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 fact that they're selling the film on sex. To be fair, you could do this one without nudity, but it's like the, you're leaning on it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, eventually the director um, said, "Yeah, it is just nudity for nudity's sake." But the only way he could personally justify it is the is if they had fun with it and made it really silly. I I I have never disagreed with an opinion I've heard of ever. It is not nudity for just nudity's sake. What are you talking about? Do you not understand the, the beat in your own film? <laughs> like, it's, it's it's hanging a lampshade on it. It's satire. The nudity is crucial. Yeah. <laughs> the other nudity wasn't. Uh, that man, it, it's such a good scene. Like you, See if you can look it up on YouTube. It's so funny. Hmm. But yeah, there are one other bit in this film. So th- there's, of course... You know, it's it's very typical of a um, 
uh, there's this specific subgenre of film of like ethnically diverse um crew of a space station get picked off one by one yeah and one of them is an android um <laughs> and so there's km who's like the 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 love bot of one of these characters or implied to be but then she's also like the cool badass who ends up killing jason before he is reassembled with nanotechnology and becomes uber jason um she <laughs> this is my favorite part of the film <laughs> other than the other one i said mm-hmm. um i love this movie ben <laughs> so she comes out and she's all like dressed in like tight fucking leather and latex and she's covered in like guns and magazines and then the nerdy guy who works on her and go like she walks out and he goes yeah i gave her an upload and it's like you mean upgrade you fucking dumb shit <laughs> <laughs> and don't be like maybe he did mean upload he uploaded this into it no he, cl- he clearly is supposed to say upgrade <laughs> And that's why it's the best Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's also the whole thing about how they're like on their way to Earth 2. Mm. And that's just what it's called. It's not like, we're going to make a new planet. It's just Earth 2. And then we see a snapshot of Earth 2 at the end. And it just looks like Earth. <laughs> well, that's why it's such a good Earth 2. Yeah. Yeah. Mission accomplished. <laughs> I think. I think one of my gripes with this film is that the main character who's the the girl who was frozen with Jason is so yeah. unnecessary for the film. Why did she have to come back? Like I like the character, I like the actress, but she should have Yeah, just... I, I ended up like quite liking her. So. so for sure, but she should just be on the ship. The fact that she is also from the past, like, doesn't really add anything. It doesn't really they don't really use it in any interesting nah, way. Well she's there to explain who Jason is. I think you could you don't need to explain who Jason is. Well, I mean they, they learn who Jason is through through someone else anyway. The the yeah, the, yeah. the um professor, because it's like a school. But they don't take it seriously. Yeah, yeah. But the the spaceship is like a school or a university and there's like a professor and a bunch of students. He is talking to um his like his his contact back on Earth Two who tells him when he says he's got someone named Jason Voorhees, he's like, Wow, he'd be worth a lot of money and that's the reason they don't discard of the body and immediately yeah. is because the professor wants to make a quick buck off it. Um but yeah, I don't know. I thought I I liked the actress and I liked the character, but she should have just been a member of the crew. She didn't need to be also from the past. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Mm. Okay, now Rotten Tomatoes and body count. What are we thinking? Well, the body count is potentially in the hundreds because they destroy a space station in it by drive by flying the ship right through it, and there's presumably people on that space station. So, I'm going to need a number, AJ. Uh, 150,000. Uh, it's 19,757, plus 207 dogs, 17 cats, 4,713 angelfish, 3 gerbils, 14 rats, and 1 pony. What? I, was, I wasn't too far off then. What's this? Is that what I guess? Well, you were, you were very far off, but um, wow, you, was... had the right, you had the right um, train of thought. <laughs> I've been holding on to this the whole fucking time, <laughs> and then you were like, oh, fucking 100,000, and it just ruined it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This is the worst thing you've ever done. I'm sorry. I didn't do it to, to ruin the segment. I, I, to be honest, this is the, the only reason I wrote down the body counts <laughs> oh, was Richard. to have this fun reveal. The oh. only reason I got you to uh, uh, to guess what they were was so I could drop this Richard, fucking I'm, bombshell on I'm you. I'm sorry. 
It's not good enough. Uh, All right. Well, thanks for listening. What's the what's the <laughs> Ron, the Ron Tomato score? Um, is that nineteen thousand as well? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron Tomato score is twenty. Mm. Yeah. What is? All right. So that is Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, it's kind of like the most interesting thing about Jason X is that it is a Friday the Thirteenth movie. If it wasn't, I would I would be like, oh, yes, yeah, it's twenty percent. If it was just a a sing a standalone space movie about people who accidentally revive a serial killer on their spaceship, the thing that makes it so good is the inherent insanity of it being a Friday the Thirteenth. It's all movie. the um the lore. It's inherent. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Dumb IMDb trivia. Um, this one. So, oh, yeah. So there's one. Um, the first death in the film, or like um, in the future anyway, is um the lab technician who, of course, is the sexy woman. Um, because all women are sexy who are of age. Yep. Um, uh, Jason like grabs her head, dips it in liquid nitrogen until she freezes, and then smashes it on the counter. I reckon that's my favorite um, death in the franchise. It's so, yeah, there's it's, something it's pretty, about it that's so interesting to me. I love it. Yeah, and it's it's horrific. Yeah, um, yeah. because you see her face freeze. It's shot from under the water, under the liquid nitrogen. Um, in 2010, Discovery Channel's Mythbusters actually tested out Jason X's liquid nitrogen head smash kill. It turns out it doesn't quite pass the smell test. What does that mean? I it, like, it's like, oh well, it works, but it smells real bad. So yeah. we're calling this one busted. Sorry, I forgot we're in dumb IMDb trivia. Where the, the yeah. half of them, half these ones are dumb this episode because they don't give the most tantalizing, like they don't clarify the most tantalizing piece of information they're revealing. Do you want me to see if I can um, find out what actually mm. um, happened? Because it's like there's a graph which shows how often people die in Friday the 13th, part six, or part five. Yeah. Yep. There's a, it doesn't pass the smell test. What does that mean? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so the myth statement is, and this is on just the Wikipedia page, uh, a human head dipped into liquid nitrogen for five seconds can be shattered into pieces based on a scene from Jason X. For this test, Grant built a pan hammer robot to simulate an object being smashed on the counter. Four heads using a mold of Carrie's bust were then made. I think it means bust as in head and shoulders, yeah. not... Yeah. Three made of ballistic gel, each with a skull and brain matter analog inside, and one completely made of ice. In the two control tests, the ice head shattered while the ballistic gel head and room temperature only had its front part broken. Test full on dipped into liquid nitrogen uh, showed a result seemingly in between the two control tests. Part of the head did shatter, but not, to, not completely to achieve results shown in the film. The third head had to be dipped into liquid nitrogen for five minutes to really simulate human flesh and bone. The myth was then retested using two pig's heads. The head dipped for only five seconds merely had its snout flattened, while the one submerged for 15 minutes did not even shatter, completely busting the myth. In a related test not aired in the actual episode, but shown on the Mythbusters website, Carrie made an ice sculpture of a pig's head. The pan hammer only broke off the snout of the ice head. The rest of the head was shattered after it fell off the table. So that is busted. That It's very grim for Mythbusters. Did they, <laughs> did they show the scene yeah. happening? I don't know. I feel like you can't. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> not familiar enough graphic. with Mythbusters to, to remember if they were like that graphic or that gruesome or not. Even describing the scene feels like it's too gruesome. Yeah. Well, I guess that yeah. myth in itself is busted. <laughs> yeah, the myth of Mythbusters being graphic. Um, 
Okay, so we talk about titles a lot on this podcast. This is a segment because we talk about titles a lot on this podcast uh, that we decided to name. We talk about titles a lot on this podcast. All right. So the original uh, film was tentatively titled A Long Night at Camp Blood. Yeah. And then, um, uh, yeah, Sean Cunningham came out with the Friday the 13th title and took out that ad of variety. And then um, the victim, Miller, I believe his name is, uh, had to rewrite the film around that. So that should have been the title, or at least Camp- a long night at Camp Blood. Or Camp Blood should have been the title. Really, I think Friday the Thirteenth is a great title. No, it's not. It's terrible. It's got nothing to do. It barely has anything to do with the first film. It's it's and they they clearly get to the point where they don't even want to talk about it because the sequels are just called Jason da 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 da, um, and the last one's only called Jason X. Doesn't even have Friday the Thirteenth in the title. I well, do you want to know why that is? Why? Um, because after Paramount sold the character of Jason to New Line, uh, they didn't sell the fucking franchise rights. Like they they don't. New Line only owns Jason Voorhees. They don't own Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> right? So they can't call their films Friday the Thirteenth. So that's why um, Jason, the Final Friday, and then Jason X. That's why. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still think that. I was I so I was gonna try to be real clever and come up with alternate titles for all of them until I realized okay. I did, probably didn't have There's to ten of them because they they would just be the same subtitle. But I was I got as far as like thinking like the first one should be Camp Blood, or because that's yeah. that's the nickname they give the camp, um, or yeah. it should be a long night at Camp Blood or whatever. And then the second one would be like across from Camp Blood, or and the third one's like a, a house near Camp Blood. Like and keep that as like the 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 common DNA between the titles. Right. Yeah. Um. I didn't think that far ahead of it, but I don't know. I I, I like what you're doing with the titles, but I don't like the titles. Sure. I don't like a long night at Camp Blood. No, that's fine. I don't think it has any longevity, despite the word long in its title. I think Camp Blood does. If they just called it Camp Blood, I th- that sounds mm. like a Goosebumps book. Like it's yeah. It- well, then it'll just be Camp Blood too. And you're right. You're right. Yes. And you'd have this, it'd be, it'd be the exact same thing. It'd be Camp Blood Part 3 in 3D, Camp Blood 4, the final chapter. I still the- think Camp Blood has more to do with what the series is about than calling it Friday the 13th. It is, they never talk about it being Friday the 13th. It is so far Half removed. Half the time it isn't. Half the time it isn't. It is so far removed from the, the like, subject matter, and it pisses me off. And I feel pretty similar about A Nightmare on Elm Street, to be honest, so we'll- teaser for next week um <laughs> but i i just think that they shouldn't have been they should have shouldn't be called friday the 13th it's not i I mean unless we talked before about how the 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 anthology idea of doing different horror movies set on friday the 13th then it's like yeah sure yeah. same with halloween it's like yeah yeah do just set them on the date that they're saying I just, I, it, it annoys me because it's so and like they using like the final friday and stuff it's like the final friday it's not even necessarily a Friday, let alone one day of the week. I don't know. I think it's they're bad titles. Right. Uh, well, a couple of alternate titles. Um, the third draft of part two uh, was actually just called Jason. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then a couple of alternate subtitles. Um, so the new blood was originally called Jason. Uh, oh, sorry. Friday the 13th, part seven, Jason's Destroyer. Yuck. What a bad yeah. title. And nine was originally called uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Nine: The Dark Heart of Jason Voorhees. I remember that one from last time we discussed it. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, it's maybe a better title than the last calling your film after the, naming your film after the last thing that happens in it. Um, it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of a spoiler <laughs> to call it Jason Goes to Hell. But then it also makes the same mistake as Jason Takes Manhattan, where it's like you kind of want it, you go, oh my God, he goes to hell. He'll kill everyone. <laughs> He'll kill every demon. <laughs> and then you don't even, you don't, you don't even see Jason in hell. That's insane yeah. that you'd call the movie that and then you don't even see him in hell. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you have anything else you want to say about Jason or Friday the 13th? No. Okay. Continue the franchise. So there's uh, a shitload of books, comics, fan films. Uh, one fan film I was reading about, Never Hike Alone, um, which uh, has the sky go hiking and then he's alone and then Jason shows up and then he's in an ambulance and then there's a, a pounding on the door of the ambulance and you're like, Oh shit, what's going to happen? And then the doors fling open and a guy, a paramedic uh, played by Tom Matthews, who played Tommy Jarvis in Jason lives uh, appears and he's wearing a jumpsuit that says Tommy Jarvis on it. So they got him back for a fan film, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Um, and then, so that came out in 2017, and then they announced like four, a, a prequel and three sequels to it last year. So <laughs> I guess they're making more of these Never Hike Alone movies. Um, but maybe like fan films could be something fun to cover for film franchise follow ups, or even an, like an off week episode. Mm. Um, the world, the fun world of fan films. Like if we find some of the best ones. Because um, this Never Hike Alone is like 50 minutes long. Film franchise Fortnite's fan film Fridays. <laughs> Jesus. Um, there's too many Fs. Yeah. Uh, so also, famously, there's a game that came out in 2017, uh, which is supposed to be very good. It was originally multiplayer only, but I believe they added a single player mode. So you play online and one person is randomly assigned to be Jason. Uh, and then... Uh, everyone else, you know, has to try and escape Jason while Jason is trying to kill everyone. Do you reckon you can um, unlock different skins in it? Yeah, you can. Can you be hooded Jason? Uh, I believe so, yes. Can you can also be an unmasked version of Jason from Nine, which never happens in the film. Wow. Can you be Uber Jason? <sighs> Do you want me to look these you bet up? You better be able to be Uber Jason. I feel like these, they're like, the different suits are almost, it's like the same as like Star Wars, how they're designed to sell toys. It's like, it feels almost designed to be different skin, unlockable skins in a video game. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Actually, this leads me into my next point. Uh, you can't play as Uber Jason. Oh. Because um, in mid-2018, uh, all future additional content to the game had to be put on hold. So Uber Jason had been announced... Uh, to be coming to the game and is now not happening because of a massive fucking legal dispute going on, which is why we haven't had any films since 2009. Uh, 2010, the 2010s being the only decade not to have a um, Friday huh. the 30th movie. Since the dawn of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, there's a big legal dispute between Sean S. Cunningham and Victor Miller over who owns the rights to the franchise. So Sean S. Cunningham directed the original film and Victor Miller wrote it. Um, and there's a quirk of US copyright law, apparently, and I just learned about this, that um, the original author of a given work has the right to revoke a copyright agreement th after 35 years. Interesting. 
So he can say, no, I like after it takes 35 years, but he can go, no, I wrote it. It's mine. Um, and so Cunningham's argument was that Miller was like a, just a gun for hire. And so due to the applicable laws, he is just like, um, it would belong to his employer who was Sean Cunningham. Um, and then it led to a massive court case, which Miller actually won. Uh, and then Cunningham overturned the judgment on appeal, uh, and then that appeal hit some bumps. And then uh, the most recent information I could find about it is that the next hearing was scheduled to be held on February 10th, 2020. I'm guessing because of coronavirus and everything, this hasn't really happened. We haven't had any more information about it. Um, but last year or the year before, um, the estimation was that we should have some kind of verdict in June of 2020 which is this month um so uh yeah who knows but at the moment if you want a new friday the 13th movie all you can do is sit and wait yeah there was a tv so show as go. well wasn't there there is a tv show yeah and it's it has 72 episodes around for three seasons what the hell what's, what's it about uh it's i think it's like the anthology oh, I, oh actually i read about it today it's uh, a series about like uh, um, an antique shop and they try to recover uh, each episode is them trying to recover a different cursed antique and put it back into the vault at their store um, um what <laughs> it seems to have nothing to um uh, originally the series was to be titled the 13th hour but they thought it would turn away viewers so they took the name friday the 13th to deliberately draw an audience despite this title the series the series has no story connections to the film as jason Voorhees does not make an appearance nor does any character connect to the films although um a few uh cast and crew do like crossover um the biggest one would be john shepherd who played tommy jarvis in a new beginning um is i uh, guest stars in one episode and also um david cronenberg the, the director who plays the detective in at the start of Jason X directed one of these episodes. That is, that is one of the loosest connections I've ever heard between a film and yeah. its TV shows. The, the name, that's it. Yeah. Nice. Um, although Freddy's, Freddy's nightmares um, was an, another series and that mm. actually um, seems to be related mm. in that Freddy Krueger appears in it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nice uh yeah so um yeah we're just waiting at the moment for anything related to friday the 13th because uh, there's there's essentially a freeze on making anything at the moment mm. although in 2018 october lebron james it was in talks to co-produce the next film with his uh, production company who's uh who's space jam 2 um <laughs> about to come out a prequel screenplay called friday the 13th the beginning was uh, reported as being written uh tom mclaughlin uh he authored a spec script for a sequel film titled jason never dies uh and you might remember him from directing jason lives and he confirmed that that script he wrote would have served as a direct sequel to jason lives ignoring all other films in the franchise so this was announced uh last year july 2019 so this was in the midst of all the ignoring previous sequels uh true things. yeah yeah jason lives there's a sequel called jason never dies that's very fun yeah um so time to continue their franchise have you prepared anything um i guess i would just be very interested to see sort of what i was talking about two and a half hours ago um at the start yeah. of the episode like 
if they made one now, I wonder if they would buckle to the um the storytelling the SJWs. Ex- expectations of of what the SJWs? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like, would we get? Would the next Friday the Thirteenth movie in the twenty twenties be something more like, um, be something deeper that that is like it follows or yeah, get out the Invisible Man? You know, would they do that? Would they? Would they give the main characters a character arc that is that maybe Jason represents yeah. their the grief in their life? Even even like Halloween twenty eighteen. Like something, I mean, that's that's not necessarily like about something. Although it's, I guess it's about like PTSD and things like that. But um, I yeah, just even something of that caliber. Like if we get uh something like Leatherface, which was like a director video sequel, it's like yeah, it'll just be an excuse to see titties and blood. Um, whereas yeah. like the even though actually to be fair, Leatherface did try and do something interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I would uh. Yeah, I'd like to see a return to the big screen, big budget, and and with one of the kind of someone that grew up with it, who's now like a respected filmmaker. Hmm. Would you want to see it try tackle deeper themes or stay classic? Uh, I think you can find the balance, but like Halloween twenty eighteen did. Because I yeah, because if I think if it didn't, people wouldn't be too kind to it. I don't think it would be a pretty very popular movie. Yeah. Uh. Well, anyway, also speaking of continuing the franchise, there is a reboot of the franchise, mm. uh, and that was which we'll cover in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll cover in a couple of weeks, and so also there was like talks of sequels to that, which we'll cover when we get to it. Um, uh, so my continuing the franchise is a sequel that ignores previous sequels. However, mm. it picks up after number four, um, mm. and so you have uh, Tommy Jarvis who had this traumatic experience when he was a kid. Uh, and then, you know, it's just a fucking, it's a Friday the 13th movie. Uh, also, the next Friday the 13th will be the 13th Friday the 13th. So that was kind of like, it was talked about for a while being like Friday the 13th part 13. It was going to be like a big revitalization of the franchise, but obviously mm. we've been waiting for that. But yeah, I was trying to think, uh, like Jeremy Renner as um Tommy Jarvis. Oh, so you wouldn't bring Corey Feldman back? No, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I was looking at actors who are around the right age, and I thought uh, Jeremy Renner kind of looks more like an aged up John Shepard than Corey Feldman, but um, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Or you could David Tennant, he's the same age. Always mm-hmm. always cast him in my sequels when I need someone of a specific age. David Tennant looks like Corey Feldman. I don't think he does in the slightest, but. What? Okay. Yeah, no, I could see that. Um, yeah. All right. Would what what about a um like a Jordan Peele style? Do you think you know like because he's he's producing Candyman, he's obviously done mm. Get Out and Us. Do you think that something like that would be be fun to see through Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah, man. Hmm. Yeah, you you want the the new the new auteurs of horror? Yeah. To take to um, come take like another another comedy guy like Jordan Peele or Danny McBride to mm. revitalize a franchise uh yeah. keegan michael key <laughs> um jim parsons <laughs> jim parsons the friday the 13th that's his, his he's not like he's not like a creative voice though i know i know i was trying to think of a bad example of, right like someone who's who i wouldn't want to see yeah who's like another who's a good oh um michael sure michael sure's friday the 13th 
Bo Burnham's Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, did teenagers with, with eighth grade. Yeah, fuck just it. Yeah, take, Bo Burnham's take that re- Friday the 13th, which ignores everything after four. <laughs> ignores everything after one, so Jason's just still dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought about <laughs> doing that where it was like, um, <laughs> like it, it only one, three, four, seven, and nine are canon. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Make it so, yeah, four is not canon, therefore. But five is. But five is, meaning that something happened to Tommy Jarvis, but it wasn't <laughs> what you saw in four. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you if you have listened all the way through this um, this mm. this podcast. AJ, uh, I'm deliberately missing out the Rank That franchise uh, as we have not finished this franchise yet. Um, okay. But, and we've we have... actually technically ranked it, but we yeah, we have already we ranked it. But you know, it. we haven't we haven't we haven't, <laughs> we, just, we haven't gone through all the movies, so it's not time to re-rank it, or if it needs re-ranking. Okay, um, okay. So well, yeah, thank you so we, much for listening. Yeah, we don't have franchise roulette to do, so all that's left to say is please consider catch us in seven days. Yeah, yeah. Please consider um, subscribing to Cop Popshow on all the different places. We have a YouTube account. We have two YouTube accounts: one for the podcast, one for video essays that we do. Uh, we have Acast, and we're on Apple iTunes, Apple, well, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on um, uh, Stitcher. We're all over the place. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cop Popshow, or you can email us at Media at gmail.com and join our Discord as well, where you can chat with us and fans of and other listeners of the show. Um, and the Patreon if you want to support the show. Patreon.com slash Um But beyond that, Richard, I feel so good to have given um, Friday the 13th the three hours it deserves. Um, <laughs> as opposed to what we did last time, which was briefly like ruin our, our, fort, our fortnight of our lives by watching all those movies. Last time we did this, we watched six movies in one day. You watched 14 in one weekend. Which is, was is horrible timing. <laughs> like, over, over a two-week period, we watched... And then we fucking... Um, we finished watching them at, like, 4 a.m. <laughs> mm, it was a bad time. So we've we've grown up and matured, and that is an ev- evidenced by, um, you know, our, our when we decided to watch them now. And I think, you know... This is the difference between 23-year-old Richard and AJ and 27-slash-26-year-old Richard yeah. and AJ. Now we can, now re- we would feel confident to direct the ninth film in a long-running horror franchise. Yeah, yeah. I am 27 in under 20 days, though, so maybe I should have just acknowledged that. Um, if you want. Dude. Anyway. Hey, tune in next week, guys, for Friday... For... Fuck. God, I'm fucking <laughs> for sleepy. Fuck. Um, for for Nightmare on Elm Street, are you looking forward to Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, I am. I'm actually going to go watch it right now because there's seven yeah, movies I'm... and we have seven yeah. days <laughs> and we have to be fucking right back here. <laughs> yeah, I might go do the exact same thing, man. Um, so I'll see you on the other side, buddy. <laughs> Bye. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Bye. All right, welcome along to our post credit scene. Wasn't that a funny episode that we just did, Richard? Uh, yes, it was very funny. Mm, I agree with that One statement. Of the funniest. One of the funniest, um, and frankly, I think most uh, poignant episodes we've ever done. Mm. Mm. 
Um, welcome to the post credit scene sequence it's just the post credit scene i don't need to say sequence uh this is a sequence though that is brought to you by our patrons over at www.patreon.com slash cult where if you donate five dollars or more per month then you get to submit a fun little topic for us to have in a quick little chat in this last the, the dying embers of an episode um where we'll talk about whatever <laughs> when you only want. the truest of fans remain Mm, yeah so today's post-credit sequence comes to us from cam h and he says hey guys thanks for letting me know uh presumably that he can submit a post-credit scene is what he's talking about there um well i went to new zealand for a month a long time ago and to this day it is one of my favorite places in the world thank you so much cam as i've grown into an adult and seen the world around me it's become one of my favorite places too (laughs) despite having not really ventured anywhere else um maybe uh he said, so his question is, uh, what's your favorite place to go for a trip or vacation in New Zealand? It's an amazing country and the people are great as well. Thank you so much. Richard, what do you think? Uh, well, one place, uh, I really like um, Rotorua. Been there a couple of times. It's a very, very mm-hmm. cool place. It's very touristy. Um, and I guess a lot of these places are like touristy. Um, mm. but I I actually haven't because I live in Auckland now and I used to live in Christchurch where you live, um. But and I haven't really explored around Auckland as much as I did with Christchurch. But uh, in Christchurch, there's a place just uh, it's an hour and a half north called Hammer Springs, and it's like the it's like baby's first holiday. It's very like yeah. everyone who is lives in Christchurch has been there multiple times and anyone outside of Christchurch has never heard of it um yeah yeah (laughs) and so having been there you know once or twice a year every year when growing up um it was cool like having now lived in Auckland for five years uh I I went back down to Christchurch over over Christmas and went up to Hamner Springs with some friends um for a night and it was it was great fun it was, yeah, like, it was, I, it was I, cool. There's a sense of nostalgia for it. It's essentially just like a, a a strip like that has a hill at one end that you can climb in about half an hour, and um, some hot springs at the other end, and there's like mini golf in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I have similar experiences with Hamner Springs, only that I do not like uh, going there because I'm not actually a big fan of hot springs or hot pools. Uh, and when you take that out of it, it's a big hill I don't want to climb. Mini golf, which is my least favorite recreational activity. Probably, um, what about bowling? Climbing hills and, and hot springs. Yeah, I don't like bowling either. I just don't like doing anything. And when you take this thing out of it, it's just a strip, um, which I find bogus. Uh, the my, my one fun memory of Hamner that I have is there's a saying around these parts where you go, there's no ham in Hamner because it's spelled H-A-N. M-E-R, not H-A-M-N-E-R, as its oft pronunciation would suggest. Uh, it's interesting you say there's a, a saying around these parts, because that's something I came up with and have never heard. <laughs> it, like, I came up with that on my own, and I've never heard anyone else say it out loud. And I don't think, I don't even know if I've ever said it out loud, but I've always thought that when I've had to spell hammer. Maybe you invented it and it, and it caught on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, one day I've, when, I've never heard that expression, but it's something I always what, think about. One day when I was in Hamner, 
I went and to the supermarket and took a photo of the ham and was like, found ham and Hamner. Nice. And everyone liked it and it was a good time. Um, my favorite place to go in New Zealand is Lake Topo, which is on the way from Christchurch to, to Auckland, was where I've been when I've been there. Um, and if you look at New Zealand, the North Island of New Zealand, and you see that big lake in the middle of the North Island, that's Topo. Uh, very cool, very cool place. Very cool vibes in that in that little city. Um, I there's and a McDonald's. That, like, that, talk, sorry, talking about drive life. You're driving from Christchurch or Wellington to Auckland. Um, Topo is the like. It's the slightly longer route. Depends how 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 you're going for time. And it's like because yeah. there's two ways you can go, and going via Topo takes like an extra half an hour or an hour. So, I actually I've been there once, but I didn't go the second time. I did the drive. <laughs> Right. Um, well, there's a, there's a McDonald's there with a, a out-of-service plane that's been built into the playground, like a full-on like airliner. It's weird, but it's cool. Um, and when I went... The, oh, the lake is great to swim in as well because it's fresh water, but it's got like... It like feels like a beach, but you don't feel gross after swimming in it because it's, yeah. it's not salt water. Um, and th- when I first went there... Uh, we were looking for a place to stay the night there and we ended up going up this weird little dusty trail and found this like old west style saloon and they had a sort of like a bunch of houses that looked like out of the 1950s where you could stay and I loved it I thought it was so cool and now whenever I people ask me where are my favorite places in New Zealand I always say Topol because of the old west 1950s Stepford Wives Saloon. Um, and I nice. think one of our listeners um, actually went there recently but based off my recommendation. So Very cool. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, I don't know. So yeah. I have my, my like, favourite places to go are usually, like, speci- very specific. Like, there's a... um. Hmm. Uh, a little cabin that we've stayed in like a few times and, yeah, yeah. And th- things like that it's like those are and i associate memories more with like super super specific like airbnbs yeah. and just before topor there's a place colloquially called desert road which is new zealand's only thing resembling a desert so that was very fun to explore and take take cool photos in. yeah it looks like nothing else in the country yeah yeah it's cool Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.